0: Hello and welcome to episode 179 of 3Bears in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with Stu McFall. Stu, it's wonderful to see you all the way from Nile, man. A world, without, a world without COVID, a world of happiness and joy yeah. and just general togetherness.
1: Yeah, everyone's just spunking out rainbows, man. It's <laughs> so nice here.
0: Just walking around licking each other for no reason and just, just yeah, it's it great. You don't just, want to just because it can.
1: Yeah, just licking policemen's eyeballs. It's great. <laughs> now, <laughs> oh. Yeah, we're very lucky, mate. Very lucky. Yeah. Good to see you.
0: Um, and it I've this. it's January 1st, so Happy New Year. We haven't said Happy New Year yet.
1: We, we haven't, no. Happy oh. New Year, my friend.
0: Okay. I do hope 2021 is a joyful year, and hopefully we do this in person at some point during the, the next 365 days. Me
1: too, mate. I, I have a question, actually, before we proceed. With regards to new decades, uh-huh. now, is this technical? from what I've read, a, a cursory. <laughs> this sounds incredibly stupid, yeah.
0: but
1: is this a new decade? And everyone was banging on about twenty twenty being the new decade.
0: No, This is a new, decade this, no, is the new this, decade. this is a new decade. That's like when people. thought So yeah. When everyone said about the year two thousand being at the end of millennium, that technically that was the last year of the old millennium. But yeah. Two thousand one was a year. That's the, what I thought. Yeah. That's, so this is this is a new yeah.
1: decade. It's a fa- people need to say this, man. Like yeah. it's a total fallacy. Like because yeah. I, I basically I, in at work I did um like okay, a like a writing thing and I put it's the dawn of a new decade and someone queried it and I was like, Well no, twenty twenty one is a new decade and yeah. it, it became quite a heated thing. Um I, I knew you'd you'd back me up here. No yeah.
0: definitely to start but people the should decade. know. Yeah. People need to know. People need to know. It's yeah. a new decade. Hopefully things are gonna be better because let's be like honest, the last decade hasn't been a rough one at all. It's been a pretty quiet one the last, last has decade been fine. at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uneventful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uneventful for most people. Um so yeah you're on other man, I'm in Catherine, which is in the west of Scotland, so it's very cold here. And i am seen it's very cold there. Um, are you drinking anything to keep the the cold away? Oh, God, yes.
1: Um, if, I'm on a uh, delicious uh, Buxton Brewery uh, Intercontinental Brute IPA. Brute is in the 80s, fragrant spice. I was going to say, that's grand like, grand
0: that we have <laughs> <before is> something <laughs> that you would definitely not drink. You can, it's, 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 not, it's used for like, you know, fueling car engines, essentially.
1: Yeah, it tastes like a 1950s racist grandfather.
0: (laughs) Um, Is that a a Manx special? Is that something from the... the No,
1: mate, no. No, No, man. Buxton is a small little provincial town in uh, Middle England. Probably full-on Brexit, but it's lovely. Um, It's in in landlocked England, so just outside Derby. We spent, uh, me and my family spent a week there a couple of years ago, and I honestly... I went to the brewery there, and it's the best beer I've ever had, and my um, long-suffering wife, God bless her, spent an awful lot of money getting a, a crate of Buxton oh. Brewery Specials for Christmas for me, so Lovely. I'm slowly working my way through them.
0: Because I haven't tried to get you a crate of beer over to the island, and frankly, I don't love you enough to pay the, <laughs> the, the, the cost to get it to the island, because it's ridiculous money. <laughs> yeah. like the, the shipping It's crazy shit, the man. <laughs> Cheaper from Australia, I reckon. I can Honestly. probably bring it to you cheaper than it would be to travel transport it. I am. <laughs> um, I am on a very interesting one. I'm on BrewDog, because that's essentially what I'm drinking this now, because I've got all three BrewDogs, um, and it's called Juice Shank,
1: Which That looks very um, flamboyant.
0: It's a, called the Tropical Milkshake IPA. Um, so it's a I'm decision. not going to lie
1: to you, that sounds fucking terrible. It
0: tastes what? like milk <laughs> If you like lilt, it tastes like
1: lilt. I like lilt. Yeah. A lot of IPAs have that citrusy thing anyway, don't yes. they? So, it's yeah. all right. Yeah. it's like the, the milkshake is a concern.
0: Yeah. You know oh, saying? yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that. You can have one or two. That's, that's your limit. Yeah. So, it's, it's very It's great. There's it Elvis juice as well. Elvis is, is as great well, yeah. Fruit grapefruit one? one, yeah. Once you get a couple of them down you really want to go back to like, the Punk or the Dead Pony or even the yeah, yeah. uh, Lost Lager. So they're, they're a bit softer on your day. Nice to start off a night or even yes to break up a night but not, definitely not going that all night. It, it will... It's not even pretty strong, it's only like 4.5%, I think, but it's... Is it 4.5? Maybe? Is it? 4.7, yeah, so it's actually pretty. not overly... It's pretty tame for them, isn't it? It's um, but it's just very, very sweet, like very compared to... You look like 7.4, I know, is the Buxton one. <clears throat> Fucking well spotted, my friend, Yeah,
1: 7.4, <laughs> holy shit, I'll be flying. Well, let's get this podcast done quickly before I lose all my um, ability to speak.
0: You're Good, like I said this is um, this year has been the most interesting of years when it comes to cinema um, and general movie viewing. How do you feel it's been as a year in terms of, without going into sort of facilities on movies? What do you think of the years overall? Has it been a good year, bad year, a different year?
1: Um from a
0: cinematic point of view, not from anything else,
1: yeah, yeah, no, it's hard, everything gets blurred with the, the year itself, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, I think. Um in terms of reappraising the year, which is it, it's always really good to do these podcasts with you because you you have that reflective uh, mindset where you're looking back on all these films and because it's felt like such a a torturous year, such yeah. a long year, there are so many films I forgot came out this year, they feel yeah. like they were 2019. Yeah. Um I actually think the quality is really good. Like I think in terms of the the high-end quality, I think there's four or five classics for me, like yeah. genuine classics um and then there's a lot of good stuff and i think for me my top five is for me all classics and then the bottom five i could probably interchange with another five so yeah i, I think consider i think that the, the thing is obviously films it's such an arduous process to make a film yeah films that came out this year were made in 2018 or the beginning of 2019 and yeah, the yeah, editing yeah. and the yeah yeah, yeah. so um I think the knock on effect will be 2021. Um, I think we'll see a real dearth of good shit.
0: <laughs> I, I think well, I think 2021, stuff. we're going to see a lot of the, the big budget stuff, you know, the the sort of the stuff that's been held back. Where 2021 might suffer is obviously the stuff that we gravitate towards, you know. Yes. You can have the, you yeah. know, the, the 25 million budget stuff, you know, they're not getting made. Yeah, yeah. The, the protocols in place no. to make those films are so difficult to do. I'm just going to say yeah. to you, when I was looking at my top 10 list, I was really pleased with my top 10 list. You know, I thought it was a good. I it was a, like a really impressive top ten. Um, yeah, yeah. That I would be happy walking any year. I didn't feel there was anything in it that I was sort of just thrown in, you know, to try and get something in. Um, and not, not We've had be, that in the past, haven't we? Yeah. Um but you're sort of picking, you're picking one final from out, out of twenty. Just that you don't really care what one is. Just one of them has to go in. But this year there was genuinely a good bunch of stuff that I had to leave off. So I thought any other year they might have made it, definitely made it in. Um. So yes, yeah, so I, I generally got a good interesting year. You know, the, the, I think the streaming services have stepped up in a big way with the stuff they're putting out. But again, like you said, this has all been recorded back in 2019, you know, the early part of 2020. So, how much can they continue to to fill that gap? This now, you know, and what's going to come out over the next next six months will be really interesting. You know, what's going to come out? I think you know that. Actually... I, mean, I mean,
1: we we could do another podcast on the on the speculative future of cinema as a whole, couldn't yeah. we?
0: That's that's a worry, um, because. Wonder Woman for example is a film that went straight to streaming over here and it's very much the same in America as well There's a few places it's been shown but that model of going straight to streaming is not something that particularly bodes well for cinema and I'm going to go over the box office like in a little minute and you can see once the cinema box office disappears there's a big there's a big drop off in what, how much money a film can make which also impacts what can be made as well and um, so, um, it's the next six months. I think will be critical for not only the movie making process, but also the cinema going public in general. We, I totally
1: agree, mate. We won't delve into this too much because obviously this is a retrospective of the year. But for me, this feels like the Napster yes, of film. Very much. It feels like the dilution of art, and it feels yeah. like the beginning of something. And I, that really concerns me. Yeah. It's it's uh, the beginning of that where. £10 for a multitude of films a month yeah. rather than £15 for one and that experience. Yeah, um, and, and that's the same as £15 for a CD or yeah. £10 a month for streaming services. It feels like a dilution of art, And that, that feels, does concern me.
0: But it feels less bespoke, you know, because you're going to pay your £10 a month and all you're going to watch is four big blockbusters and you'll completely ignore the smallest yeah. budget stuff where the cinema... And, and they are... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And that's... A totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and the algorithms exist to just keep you there yeah. rather than there's no, there's no allegiance to a particular film or, or there's no p- allegiance to a, a particular product. It, the allegiance is to the brand to keep yeah. you on Netflix or yeah. Prime or a, a Plus or whatever.
0: Not just yeah. that. If, if you, for example, have got Disney Plus, I don't mind. Disney Plus is fine. It's a decent streaming service. Um, I think it's getting a bit better now. There's a bit more content going on. It. There wasn't a lot of new content going on, but they've put like, stuff like Soul up. They've put Mandalorian up. Um, Hamilton came on it recently this year as well, and a few other things went um, on it. But ultimately, all they're going to show is Disney stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, so yeah, you're not getting a, a depth of, you know, of, of a massive, wide ranging, wide ranging sort of views and opinions and, and mindsets. It's literally yeah. all all it passes the Disney sensor. Equally, the HBO Max, all it will be, will be the stuff the HBO Max is doing. <laughs> it's not, for, it's not everything, you know. So, and
1: very and, and the thing about that, that is. Absolutely, and the thing about that is that really plays into the modern um, echo chamber society, doesn't it? Yeah, you
0: know, people mm. will only watch Disney, people will only watch the hate of stuff, people will only watch mm. Shudder or and It. I mean, these all have a place, isn't all that stuff has a place, but it well, as much like everything else, society it will fragment to the point where you're only going to watch what echoes your opinion, you're yeah. not going to have your, your opinion changed on anything,
1: exactly. Uh, and the, the thing that is massively concerning about that is those films. That transcend that, yeah. That got people into cinemas, like those indies that broke out, like Little Miss Sunshine, something off the top of my head. Mm. That got people into cinemas, yeah. or uh, the, you can probably think of a multitude better examples. Those films that got people who wouldn't only watch that kind of film there, like uh, kind of like Nirvana when they yeah. came around.
0: Like everyone, fiction, everyone started listening to Nirvana. In the cinema. Pulp
1: Fiction, Pulp Open, Fiction,
0: but, like, yeah, yeah. Train as well. That that transcended beyond just mm-hmm. the movie, because of like the yeah. soundtrack and everything. Yeah. To the point where people, mm-hmm. people in that film are still recognised as the guy from Trainspotting. You and you, you, Greg will always yeah. be the guy from Trainspotting, it won't be anything else. And, and the fuck
1: has been in Star Wars films? Yeah, the yeah, can yeah. Star Wars, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you still be the guy from Trainspotting? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it transcends yeah, yeah. it, and so, now there's, there's less chance of that transcendence now. Even the best any film we've probably seen in the past, like, ten, like five years even, we could probably talk to ten people and no-one have heard of it. No. You know, like we can remember the film like Me, You, Me, on the Dying Girl, for example, we both... That was, a that, was that, to yeah. that, that was the first one that came to my head.
1: That that was the first one that came to my head. And I don't know anyone who's watched well. that apart from you.
0: Yeah. And it's one of the best films. Well. Yeah. It's the phenomenal I movies, agree. but it's, that's the kind of film that maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, would have been seen by a bigger, wider audience because at the be end of the cinema. We'd have a lot more press because of that. And um, But in the same way, a lot of these now streaming allow a lot more content to come on. Not all the quality, but there is a lot more options. But not all the options All the gatekeepers are sort. They're still minimal gatekeepers, which is a problem. You know, mm, Disney still opens yeah. a lot of doors compared to what it was before. So, I'm I'm trying to be optimistic with the streaming aspect because I know it's it's the way of the future, and they're going to have to some level of embracing it and all to see a lot of movies. But the death of cinema, and the, the cinema going away, is something that will. It's I I honestly don't know how I would cope with cinema going away. It seems it's something I can't even fathom. You know, not going to cinema to watch movies. I've I've had to deal with with the last nine months, and I don't like it. No,
1: no, and and your wife doesn't like it. You're
0: violent. Yeah. <laughs> um, the,
1: the, hope, the hope is that um, that we've missed it so much that when it comes back we love it more. That's what I'm hoping. That's I think
0: that we might appreciate it more. You know, whereas I yeah, think we're so. going to see a lot of stuff. Something I'm not really in the mood to see it, but I want to see it because I feel I need to see it. But there is a sort of a sense of responsibility to see it. No, there's no responsibility. i on my own mind to go and see it. I'm not. No one's relying on me to go and see it, but I will go and see it. And mm. it, it's maybe done begrudgingly to some degree. I don't think I'll be grudging going to see many films in the cinema for a long time. I think any film I can get to see, i will be excited no. to go and see. You know, I went. To, I went to going to go and see Scooby Doo in the cinema this year because it was on. You know, during that brief hiatus when it was allowed, and I, I thought we would doing it.
1: Can I? Now, listen, like, I'm going to interject here because, because you're a, a cinephile psychopath. Let's not make it seem as if that was you doing something untoward. That is absolutely typical with your behavior. You would have seen that film irrespective
0: of any lockdown because you have a sickness, um, my friend, an illness. You would have... No, no, because I have now became a bit more aware of the visual of a guy of my size and look going to see a kid film by himself.
3: There is, there is
0: yeah. a genuine... <laughs> I will see a kid film like that only if it's in the cinema for say a, a good few months, because then by the time I go see it like, on a Tuesday afternoon, no one's Maybe there, it's that. just me, so it's okay, mm. but you go to the cinema and it's like all people with families and individuals. People, people do look at you strangely, you know, and it's, I've had to sign off with you because of that. I feel Pixar, you can go see a Pixar film by yourself and it's like Pixar's different, it sort time of transcends.
1: It's arty, yeah. yeah, and it's, it transcends yeah. adult it's and you don't child. Give yeah. transcends
0: that, but, you know, I do really yeah, love yeah, I, think, so. I love the Adams Family. I went to see the Adams Family cartoon and eventually saw it, but I was like, I can't go and see that in the first couple of weeks because it just... <laughs> so,
1: yeah. That's really funny. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I, need go, I need the time to see things out. Um, anyway, so what we'll do is we'll talk about the top ten, the box office top ten, worldwide box office top ten for um, so this year. We'll see how many we've seen and what... Well, any, any float or boat, um, I would say this, only one film in the top 10 is on the top 10 three beers in the movie list. Really? Yeah, only one. Um, wow. Interesting point. Wow. The, the top grossing film of this year made 461 million in the box office, which is the first time since 2007 there's not been a billion dollar film at the top, so good chunk of time if this had been in any other year, that film would have been number 16 on the list for 2019. So there's a, a big drop off obviously in box Which, for all these reasons. Um, yeah, so the number 10 on the top 10 was The Call of the Wild, um, which made 110 million at the, the box office, and that got it at number 10. I like actually <laughs> quite, quite liked it. I actually thought it was quite sweet. I'm, well, I've read the book, Jack yes. London. I've read the book. Um, you know...
1: Wolves and shit. That's yeah. alright. Like but,
0: you get yeah. a grouchy, <laughs> grouchy, but but Heart of Gold, Harrison Ford in it. You know, it's just it's a lot. To, that, there's generally a lot to love in it. There's a lot to like it. I think the it's, boys would like it, for example. You know, they are really yeah into it. It's quite the book is quite dark in places. This has got a bit of so, darkness in it. Yeah, it has. Not yeah, it's yeah, not quite as uh, it's not adult or anything, but it's yeah, definitely it's not a, it's a kids film. It's a film for family. It's a family film, but it's like it, in that old Disney film like homeward bound and stuff like that it's, it's a fine film and um, it cost 150 million bucks to make so it didn't it's not particularly a good release for them to be honest so oh,
1: uh, 100 million was just de-aging harrison ford i
0: imagine no you know it was, it was making the dog because apparently the dog wasn't a dog it was like What's it it was, it was it was an andy circus type of thing like, in a <laughs> mocap suit i, I didn't know that are you joking? Go on, YouTube and, or go on YouTube and watch the videos of the guy acting with Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is a grouchy man at the best of times, but he looks even, mm. more, even more grouchy. If he's got a, a guy pretending to be a dog rubbing against his leg, he does not look pleased with this situation. But
1: we must all, no matter how bad our 2020 has been, it can't be as bad as that guy who was playing the make-pretend dog with fucking dot <laughs> all over his face. With a grouchy Harrison Ford, yeah. the world's biggest curmudgeon. Yes. Wow, I didn't
0: know that. Unless Harrison was in on one of his stone oh. days, in which case it might have been alright. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Maybe he
1: wanted. Maybe Ali, Ali McBeal gave him some loving. Yeah, it
0: would be alright. Yeah. Um, so Seven, that was number 10. Number, number 9 that. is a Pixar entry, which was Onward, which made $141 million at the box office. Now, it cost $200 million to make. As, as, a, as a minimal um, box office for, for a Pixar movie. Um, it was a March release, to be fair. So, I think it, it, it basically we caught it right the, right before the first lockdown happened, so it it really did get dovetailed by that. I don't this.
1: Forgive me, I'm on a movie podcast and I'm a huge Pixar fan. I don't even. I must have missed that. What it's even it's is it? It's I don't it's know it's even about problem. it. That
0: I And mean, it's sort of like the warlocks and it's sort of like Dungeons and dragons and is going like to a, a quest. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, yeah that got lost completely. Yes, it's a, yes. It's I remember the for yeah. sort of in that grey zone when like, lockdown was happening but not happening. People were sort of not really sure if should yeah. they go to the cinema, should they not go in it. Like all oh, the kind of wishy-washy rules. That came out then. So that's, that really hit it, box office. so I mean, me and Jill went and seen it on like a Saturday afternoon and it was like literally no one in the cinema apart from us. Wow. which for a Disney, for a Disney Pixar film on a Saturday afternoon, is like unheard of. You know, it's never happened. So that's, wow. and that, that's why it was. Um, so 100 What's $141 it like? million, 100. 1 million it made. Uh, number eight, the most successful film of this year in terms of box office to um, cost ratio, which was The Invisible Man, which made $143 million at the box office and only cost $7 million bucks to make. Um, so Did it? Yeah, seven million. Yeah. It's a Blumhouse film. They don't spend money. Of course. Jason, more, you diabolical. I mean, we will talk about the film later on. I think, you get more, at much for the length. But you think about it: what in that film would cost money? Like the whole opening, what two thirds of it is just—it there's nothing in it. It's just—it's—it's just acting. There's no real effects. You know, yeah, the effects,
1: they don't know. even spend money. There's no money on. There's no money on even words. You know, uh-huh. it's just all facial expressions yeah. and camera movements and sound
0: effects. And Jason. Like, like a nice house and then like a suburban house. So there's, there's literally nothing that can cost a lot of money in that film. So Blue House Man, the man makes money. Um, number seven was Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey and whatever the hell the long title for that one was, if I can't remember it inside out. Um, it cost 100 million and it made 201 million at the box office. So I think... Is it, it, is it any good? There's, there's the bones of a good film in there. There is something in there that makes it enjoyable there's a lot there is stuff in there to really like there's a lot of stuff besides her
1: being really rigid besides her being really hot is there anything good about i don't think like her harley be quinn
0: awesome. to be fair i'm not a huge fan of harley quinn and no. um, so she is good in the role she is, she, she plays it well she, she's consistent in the role there is a story there of interest but there's a lot of extra stuff right that makes it uninteresting there's some really good set pieces mm. like a particularly good set piece of a, a fight in a police lockup in like an evidence room type thing which is really cool, um, and, there's some, and there's some funky stuff like uh, the flashbacks and things like that, but there's a, there's, the baddie's not that great, Hugh McGregor playing the baddie, it's just, it's just not that interesting um, for a lot of the, the time. And I think they're kind of blaming the box office on the COVID thing, but I don't think people really embrace that film that much because it came out before the lockdown, I think it was like Jan- February 14th that came out, um, and people just didn't- so whether she can it.
1: hold her film, is that character strong enough to be her own?
0: badly marketed as I well, think, it's called Birds of Prey, which I think, if you called it Harley Quinn, I reckon you can have another 100 on that box, so if you, people didn't know what it was. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think that's it. So, they, they, thought, they thought it was an Attenborough documentary. Yeah, possibly, and people, people were very disappointed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so that, that was number seven for this year. Number six is a Chinese film, so I've definitely not seen it. It was called Legend of the Deification, so it's a Chinese animated film. It made a lot of money at the, the Chinese box office, obviously. And um, it's amazing how little Chinese films actually come over here. It's really odd. Like Even films that are massively yeah. well, they don't come over to Britain. Well, co- is, well, so it's because they,
1: they, give you, they, they give you the 5G.
0: Yeah. Um, but it's weird because every like mm. Japanese, Korean, all the other films come over, but China just doesn't
1: matter. Yeah, the abroad.
0: that is interesting. Yeah, it's very strange. Mm, that is interesting. Um, number five is possibly the worst film of the year, and I'm saying that in a year that's not the <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> number five is... Um, the very expensive 175 million remake, reboot, relaunch of Doctor Dolittle, simply called Dolittle, which made 246 million at the box office, but probably lost a lot of money based on its marketing and all such. Um, a truly, awfully boring film, to be honest. Is it? I haven't watched it. I thought it'd just, be funny. I thought the trailer looked demented. I was well on board for it. It's just. Is it just really not, bad? It's not really. You don't bad. want boring. It's just boring. And it's just all. Over. It just doesn't. Don't you want boring. Yeah, you you know, that's a, it. It's so much potential for what it was, um, and I just find it really dull and just not interesting. Um I can't. I can't
1: believe Downey Jr. is that's his next move. Did he
0: direct it? No, but he was. I think he was producing it and possibly co-writing it or something. He was heavily involved. In it. I think he was going to direct it at one point, but he. It's, it's basically his as his passion project. So he he was a man who was involved of it essentially.
1: Um, Listen, all I'm saying is we need to be testing Tony Stark's urine because he's back on the
0: fucking source. He possibly could be. I think this idea, I think he saw this as almost as his pirates. You know, Johnny Depp. You know, his Jack Sparrow. Yeah. He yeah. Saw it as yeah. I think a little bit. This is thing that, Yeah. Like a franchise that he can have complete control of because he's a producer. He's everything involved in it. Um, it
1: it's too soon after Avengers as well. Yeah. Just I think that people will be he needed to just do some indies. Do
0: some yeah. indies, go but back to what you were really
1: good at. Do or do Bill
0: football because you're you know, a rich bastard. Don't mind that after the work whippers, he used to caught like five years off, he didn't do anything, and then come back with screws or yeah. something like that. You know, it's like do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. totally. Um, so do a little oh, number five in the box office. If it hadn't been for a COVID year, that film would have sunk and died well down the list by right now. Um, number mm. four is a film that was way better than Every Right to Be, and it wasn't wasn't great, but it was, it was way better than it should have been, and that is Sonic the Hedgehog. Which cost ninety-five million to make and made three hundred and ten million. And it's not good, but it's not awful. <laughs> and that's that's what's more amazing. Uh, it's not terrible. It's it's yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah.
1: I As you know, I'm I'm a i am i love Jim Carrey. I, I know I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I love him. So yeah. from what I hear, Jim Carrey is just full on. Jim Carrey.
0: Carrey's back on the form. He's, he's going full for it. He's, he's like in proper like Ace Ventura yeah. Dumb and Dumber mode. Like mm. properly like, chewing up the screen. I'm on. Um, yeah. I'm on board. And it's, it's got a lot of charm. It's got a lot of warmth to it. Um, James Marsden is a guy who I think should be a bigger star but somehow just never really... I agree. He's got I the agree. looks. He's got the yeah. talent. He can sing. He can dance. He yeah. can do everything. Yeah. But he's never really... never popped. It could be that Cyclops is the most yeah. boring X-Men in the world and that's why he didn't making big break from that. He should be bigger, he should absolutely be bigger, uh, James Marlison, but he, he, like, he's not. But Song the Hedgehog, number four on the list, I, actually, I didn't dislike it. No. I wouldn't say I watching it a hundred times, but I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And that's all to say about that one. Um, number that's three, the film that was supposed to save cinema, the film that was supposed to save us all, um, that is Tenant. Which on a 200 million budget, which I think probably could extrapolate up to 400 million once you include the marketing campaign, made 362 million back at the box office. Um, Which, see, be honest, see for that kind of film, that is not a bad box office because that film is not. Mm. It's not a. It's not a a mass media film. It's not a mass audience film. No. No. We we
1: did a podcast. This last last podcast we did, we we discussed this. It's. It's absolutely not a mainstream film in any way. It is, it's, it's an indie auteur who's had a few too many tokes on the bottom, given carte blanche and just given oh. a fuck ton of
0: money. That's what yes, it is. Has know, it's clearly damning photos of the entire Warner Brothers, you know, higher echelons <laughs> and is using it to fund his indie, yeah. <laughs> his indie weirdness at if a I ridiculous
1: play. level. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, play,
0: play, play. Um...
1: But I think for Tenet is the the fact that it coincided with a period of optimism where lockdown was kind of stopping. So everyone was like, oh, the cinema. So I think everyone just went um, and were mostly underwhelmed. I'd love to see the figures on how many people went to see it fucking twice. I don't think there's many. (laughs) And I think
0: people went, but not enough went. I think think at that point there was still a lot of fear. Because, again, we saw it, um, I think, a couple of days after release, um, and it was quiet. It was It was not like... And obviously it had to be... It only have, like let's say, 50% of people in. It was like 50% capacity in the screen. But even at that, it was yeah, still yeah. well, well... I well, mean, well, well, maybe probably well, like 30 people in a 400 seat cinema. Which is not a lot. That's and interesting. That like Thursday night or something, you
1: know? Yeah. That, that tells the story. I think for tenant, we won't dwell on it, but I think, like, they say a great song, any great song, the definition of it is you can play it on an acoustic guitar. For me, a great film is you can... Tell me in five, the ten seconds, what it's about.
0: I couldn't yeah. tell you what
1: the ten is about. I've no idea, no clue.
0: Yeah, no. Fun
1: um, though, it's fun.
0: I no it's fun, it's but about. completely stupid and it's nonsense. Yeah, it, it just. In, in the hands of a different director, it just be a completely. In the hands of, like, say, a Michael Bay back twenty years ago, it's a completely dumb fun action film. In the hands yeah, of yeah, Nolan, yeah. it's not. It's more about It's more cerebral, and it's trying to be clever, and it's It's you know, thinks it's bigger than what it is. Um, but yeah, still number three in the box office, and that was 362 million. And I thought it. I thought
1: it'd be number one actually.
0: Yeah, number two is a Number two is a top-rated Western film, um, and that made 426 million on a 90 million dollar budget, and that is the return of Mike Lowry and Bad Boys for Life, which is the highest-grossing Hollywood film of this year. And I'll be honest, with you, it's not. It's not a bad film. Well,
1: everyone I know who've seen it who said they they fucking love it. They yeah, love I it, and it was they said it's it. exactly what we need. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. That was it. I genuinely enjoyed it, and I thought I went in mean, with such low expectations, like really low expectations, and probably been quite easy to blow them away. But it genuinely did. I genuinely did fucking really enjoy. It. I had a lot of fun. I wasn't looking my watch during it. I wasn't bored by. It. I was. I found excitement. And and, and there it film not long after that on Netflix called like Six Underground. I think it was with. Um,
1: Ryan um Ryan Reynolds. And, no, yeah.
0: Ryan Reynolds, sorry. Yeah. yeah. And that's the kind of thing this way, like, probably could have been under Michael Bay's stewardship again. But like had a lot of heart, a lot of soul, and um Will Will Smith was like the charming leading man, but he had a bit of a darkness to him as well this time around. But he, he had that mm-hmm. panache that you meant Will Smith having like we done like Men in Black oh. like, when We need like you could charm the fuck off anyone. Yeah. He had that back and we missed that. We missed that. Yeah. He's not had that for so long. Like he's been stuck no. in some really, really awful choices. Um, so that was number yeah. two in the box office. 426 million it made overall. And the top film was an old Chinese movie which made 461 million, and it's called The Eight Hundred, which again I've not seen, but that that was a top um, worldwide box office. I think that's because China didn't or, or opened up more recently. It, it, did, it did more time to people in the cinema, and obviously a billion people in China, so they can all go to the cinema. So that's why it made more money.
1: Yeah, so that's a from what I hear from my um, well educated friends, that's a propaganda film about um, bats. So um, get that watched <laughs> and how it spread the virus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so I can't imagine seeing any of the uh, eight hundred anytime since we like, to go you. But yeah, no that's the, that's the box of our top ten and I'll be honest with you. Really does our, our um, favourite films coincide with the, the top ten? It, it, it never really happens. Um, but in this year even Man. less so like there's literally <laughs> there's, there. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing there's, there's there's one isn't there there's one, there's one. Yeah. even that there's not even anything one. I mean I, I said I like bad boys I enjoyed it, it a lot of fun nowhere near my top 10 like not like not even in a conversation no the no. <laughs> um, no and it shouldn't be I haven't yeah. seen it but it, no it shouldn't be it shouldn't be no. um, so yeah so that, that's the official box office top 10 now we'll move on to the three beers top 10 so as always everyone who's involved in three beers gets a vote it's about the top ten. Top film gets ten points. Nine for second, eight, and so on. And um, we tally all the votes up, and this year we get a list. So there has can
1: been, I ju- can I just say democracy doesn't work? Carry on. Sorry. Work.
0: <laughs> <This> <laughs> just year, in yeah. advance. <laughs> I say this year it kind of does. Oh, does, does it? Yes, it, <laughs> it kind of does, Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, Interesting. Okay. Um, go on. As you'd expect, this year has the lowest number of sort of like local movies. I think last year was something like seventy-five films that voted for, like at least at least one vote. Really, this year it was only 34 spot votes, um, so yeah, so I think this is generally less out, and obviously people are maybe a bit more specific what they're getting. So top 10, and only this year was a lot of fucking equal point ones, so that totally messes all my working out. So I had to deploy an algorithm <laughs> involving goal difference and such <laughs> like to um, decide who was going to be in each position. So basically, if, if, if you got if you got if you were like tied for points, which one got the most votes in each, like, how many, and what film, it, it, sorry, if we film with Tyron points, it was how many people voted for it with the tiebreaker, you know, so, um, there's only two films that appeared in, like, pretty much everyone's, three in everyone's list, and, um, yeah, so. We'll really? Go, yeah, only, only three got on everyone's list, pretty much, um, wow. yeah, so we'll go, we we'll have head on this one, so number 10 is a film that I do like, I wouldn't put in my top 10 at any point, but I did enjoy it. Um, and I think a little bit of recency bias plays into this one, uh, and that film is called *The Happiest Season*, directed by Claire Duvall, starring uh, Twilight girl, Kristen Stewart. Thank you. Um, and basically, it's it's actually it's, it's quite a sweet Christmas movie. Um, it's about she's a she's um, a lesbian, um, and, her and her partner goes home to her house, her family, her her. Um, her partner's house for for um, for Christmas. The twist is her partner has not told her mum and dad that she's came out, and this is a girlfriend. She said it's a roommate, and it's just sort of this girl kind of sort of realising about you know her relationship and what's what's going on with you know her family and how she's different around her family and her and sort of talking a bit about her past and then trying to struggle like how her relationship's going to continue on from there. But with laughs, it's quite funny. You've got Mary Steenburgen plays a mother, and and you you know so it's just good. Her. Get really good supporting cast as well. It is funny. It's a really nice Christmas movie. It's, it's an enjoyable Christmas film. It, it's probably better than most Christmas movies. Kristen uh, Stewart. Yeah, that terrible. Team, She's really funny in it. She's really set sort of, a lot of charm in it. She's again proving to like what we knew for a long time. It's a takeaway of Twilight. She. That's a really interesting, enjoyable yeah. actress to watch. Um, yeah, totally, totally. But I would not put it in the top ten. So I think recency bias. Someone probably will have seen this quite recently and it just sort of stuck. Up, which is totally fine. I, I totally get it. Um, that made out of interest dude.
1: out of interest where was
0: the highest this placed
1: on anyone's 10 I think it was no higher no than 10th sure
0: no I think it actually got on the top 5 of I've least these two people I haven't seen it but I've written
1: it off because I'm a judgmental prick but I, I'm sure it's fine I like I like Christian Stewart a lot yeah. so I will back for her I'll I'll vouch for her I hate Christmas films generally most of them are fucking terrible but yeah, it sounds I mean. quite good
0: it is not generally it's yeah. got a lot of charm and and um, clear the valve um obviously the act she's obviously an actress by more trade she's just her first directing effort she brings a lot to it and i think it's a quite a personal story to her i think it's sort of a, a bit sort of inspired by real life events type thing and um, but it is mm-hmm. genuinely quite funny and um, okay and i, I, I laughed at it and listen when i watched it me and jill both really enjoyed it and we said you know like, well, that's a really funny enjoyable Christmas film but i would not put any of them in the top 10 but still no. a lot of fun
1: that's cool like Kristen Stewart she can do anything like yeah you look back to advent- adventureland she's funny as all hell she's drier than a desert you know she's yeah. so acerbic and sarcastic and witty she was she's a, she's the real deal man yeah like, she totally is there's a reason her and Patterson got that gig
2: yeah you know
1: they're both very gifted yeah. so no fair play what's it on how can i watch
0: this Sky it movies, seems insane to watch it in January it's on Sky okay he's watching Sky um, so that was okay. number 10 uh, number nine, didn't make my top ten, didn't make yours, are, but it is a very good film. It's very close to me and that is The Five Bloods by Spike Lee, which is available on Netflix. My 11. Yeah. Did you see it? Did you watch it? Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, it felt, it, it tore my insides not putting it in, to be honest, because it's really yeah. good. Um, I think in the passing of time, it probably will be in my top ten. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those films that gets better. It will get better with age. It's, um, It's a film, he's just... He's such a creative director, isn't he? Like there is so much going on, like the flourishes, the techniques, the stylistics. Yeah. He is—he's not just someone who does um, satirical, politicizing films. There's so much creativity behind everything that he does. He's—he's he's a proper wunderkind. He is so talented, and it's, it seems
0: like one of the few guys who's still adapting his style. Like he's got that shot. All yes. Normal, yes. But like. A lot of yeah, we yeah, we the classic. Yeah, 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 yeah. We love our directors. Like, we, we love Scorsese, we love Spielberg, we love these guys. They, they, they've not mm-hmm. added a lot of new strings to the bow in the past twenty years. You know, they, they, he, he's still, doing a, Scorsese, still, still he's doing a doing a film with a Great Scorsese film, but he's doing a Scorsese film. Spike Lee's still doing a mm-hmm. film. Spike Lee films. You go, I wouldn't even know what a Spike Lee film until that. So yes. you see that shot, and it feels like it's, it, you know that's yeah, what he's yeah. yeah. interested about. Him. You know, he's done Inside Man, and he's also the Five Bloods, They're very different films, Like so different. Daniel's yeah. done like you know absolutely. Um, uh Chirac as well recently. He's done one recently this year as well when he's he's doing the talking heads um, guy, um, his stage show. David Byrne. Oh, that's uh-huh. oh, supposed to be amazing. I need to yeah. see that. I, a, I can't remember the name of the Talking Heads fans.
1: Yeah, yeah, so um, he's done that as well. David Byrne on Broadway or something. Yeah, yeah American yeah. Legion Oh or did he do that? Wow. Yeah Yeah, um, something like that, yeah, yeah. So oh, he's well, done that I as well.
0: So he cannot be he cannot be pigeonholed, spikely. No. Um, no we can I can't. heard someone else talking that- about this on, on our podcast recently and they said they've, they've not rewatched it because they find it really hard to rewatch because the only young actor in it is Chadwick Boseman and he'll remain the young actor. Mm,
2: mm, you know, so
0: sort of like mm. like I like that flourish they had in it and it's just that's gonna be forever. Mm. That'll hit pretty hard, I think, watching it right now. Mm. You've know, seen seen that. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, the five yeah. words. I,
1: I, I watched that I, I watched it after he passed, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I can vouch for that. Yeah. I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic and it, it's definitely a worthy addition to the I'm really happy it's in the 10 despite not being in ours. I'm really happy it's in yeah. there because it's a very,
0: very good film. Very good film. Very I, good I, film. I, said, I genuinely thought it was excellent as well. Um and it's also great still Lindo showing Daniel Lindo what he could do. Like Lindo is one of those guys who he's everyone knows he's a good actor, but he just he hasn't been around a lot recently and then just to come back with that I just like that's just that was awesome.
2: Oh yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. Um, and hopefully, I, I would think, I'd like to think Delroy might get an Oscar nod for that one. It would be, be sort of very fitting if you got a, get an Oscar nod for that one. That would be good. At least, at least a nomination. At least a nomination.
1: We will take a nomination.
0: Take a nomination for Delroy. Yeah. I take a nomination. Um, on from that one, a film number eight is a film that you finished watching about an hour ago, um, and that is a <laughs> Beastie, Beastie Boys movie directed by Spike Jones. I debated this one, it's was on Apple Plus. I debated it. sense not because it's not brilliant because it is fucking phenomenal, but is it a movie? In the same way that it's Hamilton a movie, is it a movie? I think it is. I think they want to give it a movie. But is it a movie? Guns to head? No. Yeah. But but I love it. So it's been released as a movie. It's, so it's, I it's, take, it's it's it's. it's, it's it's a
1: documentarian-inflected TED talk oh. um, <laughs> slash stand-up. I yeah, don't it's, know. Like, it's no more um, a movie than
0: like Dave Gorman's stand-up as a, as a movie. You know, Dave Gorman's no, term, Dave Gorman. Not, that's not a movie. Not, but you not,
1: know, not really, not really. But fuck, it's good. It's um, very good. Oh man, yeah. I'm still obviously, as you say, like I've got a proper sugar rush just flying from it, and you don't. The thing is, you don't. As we, the thing is, I, you and I always say this if you're, to, to truly gauge the quality of a documentary, it's better to have no interest in the subject matter. Yeah, yeah. Now you and I have yeah. a vested interest because we love the Beastie Boys and they're very nostalgic for us. Yeah. You know, I like,
0: I don't know a lot about the Beastie Boys. I think I enjoy the music, but I don't really know that much about them. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even as a, a,
1: a music geek, they've been quite cards close to their chest. There's been yeah. an air of mystique about them. I didn't know all the stuff that happened with Rick Rubin. 'Cause they've never badmouthed him or no. anything. Um, I don't ever. know if get all who's no, in the band uh, either. I had no idea. I had, yeah. no idea. I had no idea I had, a uh, I had I with them and stuff. Yeah. But the thing is they only they only ever for them interviews were just a means of goofing around, but like they yeah. never took anything seriously. So there's no there was no um, depth behind anything that they spoke about. So yeah. whilst they've been a part of my life since I was like thirteen, I didn't know much about them. Um, same as yourself. So I came away like, wow, these guys are so cultured, urbane, and, and articulate and witty and just natural raconteurs. And also the 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 power of that missing part was so yeah. prominent all the way through. It was such an ode to him and such yeah. a such a and in such a subtle way, like not a saccharine, over sentimental no. way. It didn't hammer at home. It was funny. It was it didn't drown in sentimentality. It was it was fucking fantastic. Like honestly, whatever the fuck it is, I don't know how to categorize yeah. it. Just watch it. Just get it watched. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: I think felt, what it, like what felt wonderful about it as well is the moment that um, Adam Youth died, the Beastie Boys stopped being the Beastie Boys. They didn't try and like sort of bring yeah. another guy in, they didn't try and continue on and under southern sort of, our guys. That was they, they were quite open to it. we are finished, that is us, we are done. We're done. So this was yeah. a really Real nice though. sort of it felt like a memorial in the last sort of act of it. I agree. It felt, it felt I like a, agree. Yeah. Or a, in a way of them saying goodbye and saying how much they loved their friend and just sort of how much they, they missed them. But at yeah. least like, not in a saccharine way, um, but it was just, it was a really emotional way of seeing two guys who clearly loved this man more than they can probably even put into words, that they tried to put into words. And the way they do it is such a beautiful yeah. way. Um, that, and you also have the, 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 the
1: visuals, the, yeah. Yeah, no ad rock when he breaks down, it just I was just yeah. a mess. And you said the same I was messaging at the time. And but the thing is, when you if you transcribe that, it, there's not much on paper that would make not you cry. Well. You know, it's the whole that's the power of cinematics. That's a visual, I'll I'll flip it back. It's a fucking film because it's a visual experience yeah. and it has to be experienced visually. Yeah. You can't have a radio or a podcast version of that. Because mm-hmm. the words aren't enough, you know. Yeah. It's 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 so about the the visuals and the stories and the videos and everything about it. I, I felt I thought Mike was fine, but I thought Ad Rock carried the whole thing personally. Yeah. I thought Ad Rock was incredible.
0: Yeah. Um, Mike seemed a bit nervous to me.
1: That was I my thought they both
0: I, a lot, but they felt like no, as much as you I You think I I thought, used I, to be on stage yeah. all the time and they love being on stage and they sort of enjoy that element. I think this way of doing it you know this this sort of almost it's not a stand-up but almost like spoken word. they both to the reasons, with. Yeah. yeah um you're actually yeah. like adrock grew, Ad-Rock into, it more, grew into
1: it i think he i think he carried it. it a bit more up. yeah yeah
0: and i think that was, uh, mike was
1: funny though when mike when mike spoke he was funny though like yeah. um but it's clear that adam was a special like not just because he died but it's it, he was such a special it's interesting i didn't know the dynamics Did did you know the dynamics? I didn't know anything about that. I assumed that rock drove it all because he's the most recognizable voice and he's, you know, he fucking screamed sabotage. So he's the one, you know, but it's Yoke who had the ideas. He was the visionary. He was the one who took them out of being frat boys to being, you know, genuine, genuine rap um, or terms, like genuine progressive. And uh, to be a white rapper and to be respected in the black community it's them and them and
0: I'm and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone George's else is one, pastiche. Is that, it's a bit in the top of your when you're saying you walk into the studio one day and like are a big kind of garage they've got. And he's just sort of flicking something across the, across the base. <laughs> mm. And just sort of just doing it. And when I'm asking him, like, what's that? And he goes, I just made it up this morning. It was in my head this morning. I've it. And he basically was doing the whole thing yeah, sabotage. He's yeah. like, holy fuck, he, like written the best rock song <laughs> in the world. I love that. And I love sort of that. Like, that like you woke up on one of that yeah. in his head, and it's like, how the fuck can you wake up with yeah. one of that in your head? And you must—you assume it would be the, the the Paul McCartney story of like someone else must have done yes, this. They did. and I'm trying to yeah, it, find out where I heard it from because no way yeah. no one not done this before.
1: Or uh, or um, uh, songbird. by mm. think it Mac. Yeah, and she she, she, she just. And she, she wrote it on a piano, and she was just off her head on coke. And she was yeah. like, "Oh, somebody else. I'm just copying someone else's song. I think it's a yeah. Nina Simone song." Like, no, you've created something genius. Yeah. It's uh that kind of to it really witness not, genius really in real
0: time. Five and Jolene, the same app, the same moment before lunch. You wrote both songs, yeah. and it's like that's that's not a bad moment. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: that that you know, and there's
1: another film. I hope that we'll talk about in the ten. It's certainly in my ten. That delves on that very subject matter that being in the zone yeah. um, and the creative space uh, yeah but no get get Beastie Boys story watched and thank you like, I, thank you for pushing me to watch it
0: Yes, before we I did this
1: podcast I saw, it's crazy it's, that I haven't watched it
0: you know already hadn't watched it yeah because I, I was pushing it for a long time Um I it's really, what is really important about that film is they own up to the mistakes. They don't try and hide them. Yeah.
1: yeah, I love that. I love it. I love it when it's not sugarcoated. It. It's like, yeah, we were fucking... We were reprehensible, drunken yobs. We became everything that we parodied and we were misogynistic and we were pretty awful. And then they just addressed it. And it was so classy because they didn't say, oh, I did this and Mike D did this. They said, oh, Adam wrote these lyrics, which basically saying, sorry about how we treated women.
0: Okay. And on um Show I think mean. Mean, and, like someone said, I think someone said an interview asked them like something along the lines of Are you not embarrassed to be seen doing those songs? It says, Yes, we're embarrassed, but I'd much rather the guy who acknowledges embarrassment and fixes it and tries to atone for it rather than just doubling down and try and trying to ride it out. It's like the understood absolutely. what their problems were. And that, that, that's me that absolutely the and totally. They, and it like, made them
1: very relatable.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, that came in at number eight. Beastie Boys movie. It's on Apple Plus. If you can get, I think, got Apple Plus for so the ten people who have Apple Plus, which means you have two of them. So um, about eight people mm. who have Apple Plus and um, can go and watch that. Um, number seven on the list is one that nearly made my top ten. It's made a few top tens actually. Um, it's on yours, which is The Lighthouse, um, directed by Robert Eggers, um, which is one of the few actual cinematic releases in the in the thing because. Um, a lot of Netflix then, obviously. But yeah, so that's The Lighthouse. Um, I think yeah. you're up a lot more than I was. I enjoyed this film. I thought it was completely fucking deranged and insane. Um, oh, yeah. I was Mental. a massive fan of The Witch. Like, I loved The Witch from the moment I saw it, and I've continued to watch that film. I absolutely adore it. I'll, the, I'll, it I love The Witch as well it didn't quite hit me in the same way the witch did. I don't know why but it just didn't, feel, didn't have a same oh, really?
1: feel to it it's opposite to me like uh, The Witch I came that's interesting The Witch I came away going that is that is a very creative piece of work and I really appreciate it I yeah. don't love it I, I yeah. really like. I liked it yeah. but I wouldn't watch it again whereas Lighthouse I'm like God I want to watch it again because it's so yeah. fucking deranged but whatever way you look at it for me it's it's got it ha- catches fire in the same way like someone like Ben Wheatley does Yes. That film. Uh, it's just that same kind of, wow, this gives you so much hope in this kind of corporate Uber, you know, business environment where we forget what the art is and it's a, it's a proper artiste. Yes. Having their say getting incredible actors to perform mad stuff. Like it's student film, it's student filmmaking that's broke through basically, mm-hmm. isn't it? In, in, a, in, in a good way, not in the terrible way. Yeah. Um, it's fucking so so hallucinogenic. It's like this Lovecraftian nightmare. Yeah. Um I, I, I absolutely I absolutely adore the lighthouse, but I wouldn't recommend it to a lot of people.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> you know, like, that's kinda of one of my thing. Yeah. Like to, not that I would not that I have to recommend a film is instantly make me want to tell people but you know make it a better film or not a better film. Um I, I can't disagree with anything you say. Like I did really enjoy it and I watched and then I watched it, I was totally engrossed in it. Whereas with the witch, I can see myself going back and watching it over and over again, and continue to do so. Um, I just I can't see myself ever having the facility and the sort of being the mental place. Where I go, I like, I really fancy watching the lighthouse tonight. I just I don't see. No, it I get that ever happening.
1: No. and I get that. And it, you know, it's. It, I don't even think. I, I I guess it's just it depends on what your mindset is yeah. as much as anything. Like, what do you want from a film? Yeah. Um, there are so many people I know. It would be that they would fucking hate it they would yeah. they, pretty much everyone I know would hate it like yeah. everyone everyone would fucking hate it but the fact that you can appreciate it shows that you're a proper cinephile. um in terms of rewatchability, there isn't much like I, I'd watch it maybe once in 10 years yeah. maybe when I forget when I forget about how barbaric <laughs> it is when I forget I about how it
0: rubs your heart out at the end you know I've got to let it I would have to let it sort of just save my memory um, there's I no feel the same about there's the I no feel well, the same about the Yorgos Latmos stuff. Um, where, yeah, I, oh yeah, totally. I love it's it in same. every way. Yeah, yeah. But I cannot see myself sitting there and watch the lobster again. Um, or no. The Killing of a Sacred Deer. I can't see myself sitting there watching them again. And yet and yet for me, like for
1: sort of like for uh recent in one I've watched I watched the cinema. Oh, um the favorite, the favorite, yeah, awesome,
0: yeah, yeah. Like
1: Four teams in cinema. Very good. Yeah, but I, my favorite film of his is like the least favorite of everyone's, *Sacred Deer*. It simply yeah. tells you a lot. Yeah, but I love all three. Like, I just love art that really um, challenges, yeah. and uh, you know, I'm not saying you don't because you're you're well on board with this. Um, but I totally get your objections, uh, and I completely get like. For me, this is a hard sell. Like, if, yeah. I'm trying to, if I'm trying to sell anyone, like Lisa, if I said this to my Lisa, she'd be like, there's absolutely no way I'm watching that. And if yeah. I made her watch it, she would hate me forevermore. Um,
0: I think I'd like yeah, to sell somebody to watch Midsummer.
1: Like, yes. Midsummer,
0: it's, it's such a hard sell. Yeah. You
1: know, Midsummer is a very good comparison, Midsummer's intense. It's yeah. weird as fuck, and you don't even know it's a horror until the last thirty minutes. It's like, oh yeah,
0: it's a horror! Yeah. Oh my god! But try yeah. to sell that. Try to sell that film to somebody. Even you know, Hereditary, it's I don't cool. think was overrated to hell, but I can you can sell that film to people. You know,
1: yeah, it has enough crowd-pleasing moments. Yeah, has try moments. Yeah, yeah, try to sell
0: Midsummer. Try to sell. I think you can sell The Witch to somebody a lot better. But I think people who went to see The Witch will be yes. disappointed because it's not what they expect. It's not because it's, it's all in like sort of you know, the dialogue, very tough to follow at times. In the
1: yeah, they all. I, 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 I Yeah, I, I You've, you've hit the nail on the head. The, the lighthouse really for me, it feels like a Bergman film. Mm. That's the way I'll describe it.
0: It's the closest to that yeah. And how often you will watch a Bergman yeah. film again? It's, you know, it's a rarity. You issue. watch
1: them once and you're done. You know, and yeah. you, you talk about them and then you write your dissertation on them. and You, yes. get, your, your sol- you get through your two two and you're fine. <laughs> yes.
0: <That's laughs> essentially, yes. That is exactly. And lighthouse will be have seen an art and in, in a cinema passes all the time. But I will
1: I will I will say for the record, I think it's fucking amazing
0: and I'm really excited about what that dude does next. Oh, that's really the thing. When he that in it. our film, I'm gonna watch it. I'll, I'll be crossing line or watching that yeah. film. That's that's the difference. I will watch his next film at a heartbeat. And um, he yeah. totally entertains in that respect. And Defoe you know. the, let's talk about
1: Defoe and Patterson. Like the performances are just
0: fucking amazing. Like Dafoe's you've got two Defoe might be the most underrated actor in the last like sort of 30 years just for, in terms of sheer ability that he just never really recognised uh, properly.
1: I totally agree. I totally agree. I, I I think you've got the two most underrated, talented male actors around at the moment there. You've got the, the elder statesman and the youngling who is trying to cast off the aspersions of being in a blockbuster at a young age. But uh, Paterson yeah, you will know, win Paterson won an more.
0: Oscar at some point. he won win an Oscar. Win the he, will. Day he, he will. Won. He will. Defoe... Had that period in his life when he started doing stuff. Did, did the full win an Oscar actually for um, Van Gogh? They're not going to win recently for that. They played Van Gogh. He's
1: nominated. Didn't nominated. he win for um, uh, the project, uh, the Florida project? Didn't I think he win nominated as well. for
0: Florida project. I think nominated as well. He
1: should have won for the Flo- He should have won for Florida project.
0: He's, in a, mm. he's in a, He plays Van Gogh in a film or Monet in a film recently, and he's it's absolutely phenomenal in it as well. Oh um, yeah, so I hear. I haven't seen it yet. But I think his problem is that he's did, he did too many. Um, like genre films, sort of, and he's after Platoon and stuff like. He sort of played the baddie or he played sort of like fifth villain, and he sort of popped up in everything just to pay the bills.
2: Yeah, you know. For, for no, so I agree. Long,
0: for so long that he sort but, of actually yeah. like, sh- like sallowed his um sort of um cred in some way.
1: God, he's so good though. And you know, if you're in hey, if you're in every Wes Anderson film, yeah. I'm on board, mate.
0: He's got four nominations, but never won. Well,
1: maybe he'll win for a mediocre
0: that's, uh, that's, like that, that would sound like he'll win Star. for something really minimal, won't he? He'll win for something that people won't win. He, pho-
1: like. he phones it in and just, yeah, he phones it in. I'd like him to win for, you know, playing the um, strangely, um, aggressively homosexual Porter Cabin in uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, but I don't think there'll be many clamoring for that. But I won't uh, him, yeah. him
0: win for the for being in um Boondocks Saints when he played the, the, the gay cops, the yes. gay cops who hate other people hates everyone. Um, or everyone forgets yeah. his well. you're then John Wick. He's in the first one. John Wick. He's in the first one, he's in the first
1: one, and he's fucking brilliant.
3: Yeah.
1: John Wick wins an Oscar. We fucking riot. There was um, <laughs> an old uh there's an old Everton phrase. You ever heard of the footballer Tony Hibbert? Yes. He was uh Proper Scouser, um, Everton fan on the Gladys Street, which is, I guess you'd say, the Copeland Road equivalent for Everton. Uh, This is a this is a diversion. I don't know how we ended up down here, probably alcohol. But uh, he was a right back for Everton. He played three hundred and eighty games, something for Everton. Very solid, very dependable. No attacking intent whatsoever. The Evertonian Alec Cleland, ironically, Alec Cleland did play at Everton. uh, Yeah, more about the Champions League winner meadows to back it up. But at least as really popped up a goal, Hibbert, Hibbert never scored a goal. So Everton fans' chant was, if Hibbert scores, we riot. Right. And uh, they were playing a, a pre-season friendly against, I can't remember who, but some, I'm going to say some Spanish team, Villarreal something. And inexplicably, Hibbert steps up and takes a free kick. He's never taken a free kick in his life. It's a pre-season friendly, bear in mind. and He bangs it in the top corner. And the 350 fans from uh, the south side of Liverpool just Swarm onto the pitch and they, oh. they genuinely rioted. Even <laughs> preseason friendly, it's it's glorious. It's absolutely. I'll send you. I'll send you the link later. Yeah, in the yeah. um In the pod, it's glorious. Anyway, so what we're saying is, Villain defoe is the
0: Tony Hibbert of acting. probably insulted on him but a big credit to Tony Hibbert.
1: Yeah. Which I don't agree with, to because I love the film. But yes, for comedic
0: purposes, we will leave that in. Leave that. <laughs> um, yeah, so Lighthouse, number yeah. s- Lighthouse, number seven. Very solid art-, art house entry into our top ten, which always has one in there. Number six, um, a film that's purely there because two people loved it more than they probably should have done. And that oh, is God. A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, um, directed by Morello Muglia, which is um, the story about... Well, it's a story about... Uh, Fred Rogers uh, American TV presenter but it's more about a guy trying to do an article on him and it's sort of his mental breakdown and sort of Fred Rogers trying to like guide him through that essentially like sort of and almost make him embrace his troubles and, and just try to cure him without him actually realizing he's being cured essentially um, it's Tom Hanks it is wonderful it is very sweet it's very lovely it's, it is a wonderful Tom Hanks performance and sort of a Quite a very buttoned-down role, and it allows that to come out in some sort of mm. very, sort, of, sort of, like, in sort of interesting ways. I thought the very, I, I enjoyed it a lot when I first saw it. It's it, it kind of film I saw it at the end of 2019, because um, we saw like an advanced screening of it, and it was a really shit-show year at times in 2019 because of everything was going on. It felt like everything, all like, you know, with elections and all that kind of stuff, and you know, Brexit and all that kind of stuff happening. That it felt like a film you needed at that time. And it, it did feel like a nice warm hugger movie because Tom Hanks never lets you down. But in time, I've just never really had the urge to go back to it. I've even thought about it that much since then. And maybe that's why I didn't really make its way into my top 10 at all. Have you seen it at all?
1: No, you recommended it. Um, and a couple, to be fair, the people I know who've seen it have said it's good. But every single person has said the same thing that every person has said about Tom Hanks films for the last 10 years. Not a great film, but Tom Hanks is really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's
0: yeah, um, it it a good film, because like, the main purpose of the film is this, there's a writer who's been assigned to write about an article on him, and he shadowed him for like a week to, to do it, um, and basically he doesn't really believe in federal he doesn't think they is the nicer guy he should be, he thinks, he thinks there's a darkness to him that he's trying to, I mean, He basically uncovers uncover this, but at the same yeah, time, the he's, the, he's
1: the smiling nuns from Magnolia. Yeah. yeah,
0: and he's having a breakdown, mm. because he's like, he's having a, domestic with he's sort of, him and his wife as a kid he's sort of not really that dealing with how he's going to be a dad his own father's a bit of a crazy bastard um, and he tried to like, sort of deal with that as well so it's, it's just it's him sort of having a breakdown with Fred Rogers who basically try to help him through this but he's obviously not willing to engage with Fred Rogers so he wants to make it through this him. so it has got some interesting stuff in it and there is some great moments in the film but in terms of like of the Tom Hanks films like this is not going to be one of the ones I'm really going to really go, like, if I do a Tom Hanks-a-thon, which we probably will do at some point in the year, because that's what I like to do. Um, it's not one I really one want to do it. You know, it's one that's, it's not one I'm really like, I'll run into back. But it's, it's a very good film, but I don't think it's top 10 worthy film, but
1: the the but it's, it's like, he, there are average films, and he elevates, he elevates yeah. everything. He elevates everything, because he is, he is up there, he's in the top five pantheon of the absolute greats, let's yeah. be honest. Fuck you, Twitter. He yeah, absolutely <laughs> is. Um, but I am worried about his film choices for the last recently? decade. I'm, yeah, man. I I don't know, I can't remember the last great, the truly great Tom Hanks film. Is, What's the point last point.
0: one? I am trying to think right now for the last Tom like again, he's been very good in a lot of films recently. Oh, you know what? That, um, that that's a separate, a bit point. separate a bit point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Bridges Spies is incredible. But that's yeah, still I've, probably six years old now, isn't it?
0: Yeah, probably. I like that one. Um, oh, Bridges of Spies is incredible. Really
1: yeah.
0: unruly I'm, 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 I'm having looked look through his biography very quickly just now and see if I, it jumps out. I
1: enjoyed Captain Phillips, but again, the performance is better than the film. Oh, fuck
0: it. 2017, The Post. Oh, fuck off.
1: Well, yeah. Colin will agree. He was a big yeah. fan. No, um, yeah, The Post is fucking brilliant. Actually, I take it back. McFall, yeah. you idiot. but the the thing is that they're not they're not as frequent I feel like he's doing a lot of stuff but then you know he's 66 man you know we just expect but we can't critique him Um, it's odd like Greyhound it was fine but the performance so good like there's no way that film gets it doesn't get made unless you say hey I wrote this yeah hey I'm Tom Hanks yeah (laughs) Yeah. Tom Hanks gets that that film made
0: um, and think about this one as well. I mean, I think anyone I can't imagine anyone else playing the role of Fred Rogers. Um, it doesn't really, it doesn't make sense to anyone else who would play that role, like the nicest guy in the world. Um, so no, no, it's really
2: good casting.
0: and just genuine warmth and you believe him when he's been he talk. which I think is a big thing, you've got to believe somebody like that when they're talking if Tom Hanks tells you something, you instantly believe it. Um Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. he has for the most part not became an actor who I only see Tom Hanks. I do generally still see the character he plays, he does still embody it, even though he doesn't like really change his look that much. Other than when, up- when we t- when you've, you've hit the nail on the head,
1: when we talk about Hanks, um, that's that's his abiding quality. The everyman quality means that you come away going, That is a performance by yeah. and, you know, that, that that is the person, it is not the celebrity. Yeah. Um, which is very scarce now. So how many people voted for this? I'm surprised that they voted for it and you didn't. How many, what? Yeah. Um, how
0: high How high was it? A couple of people put it very Are high. On most high. people's? Did it they? wasn't on many lists, but the people who put it on the list put it high on the list. Really? So I think it's one of the things that if, if, if it hits you the right way, it's very much there. Well, I, I can't judge because I haven't seen it. So yeah. I, I need to get around to it, really. I think you'll like it and I think you'll enjoy it. But I said, I enjoyed it the first time I watched it. I just I can't consider watching it again.
1: And I think it's, a big, it's a tough sell for British audiences because we don't know who, know who the fuck that guy is apart from you see him occasionally in other films,
0: like yeah. handing big checks and stuff. That's essentially it. Mm. Um, it is a mm. very sweet, lovable, well done film. Um, nice, there is nice... Footage. Is that? Is, is there darkness? There is darkness. To the character is there, there darkness? There is. Not in terms of real life. Is in terms that? Of like, but He has... He wasn't like a child molester, or wasn't anything like that. But apparently, he didn't have the best relationship with his own children. You know, like he's, he's like, you know, his own kids basically said, you know, it's really hard when you're brought up by a saint. You know, because essentially, yeah. no matter what you do, it, yeah, it won't be good enough. It won't be right, you know. So we had in yeah. the dark that sort of that to him and,
1: That's um, interesting. That that's an interesting
0: dynamic. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. But the film's not. The mm. whole point is the film's not about him. The film is about the writer. But, who's on the poster? As, as, yeah, Hank's on the poster. That's the um, problem, isn't it? Yeah, so as a Hank's film, and Hank's is as a support can He's not in it for the first 25 minutes.
2: Yeah, strange.
0: I'll give it a yeah. go. I'll report back. Give it a go at some point. Um, number five on the list, which is my favourite of film of the year, my number one film of the year, um, it appeared on a few lists, and that is The Invisible Man, directed by Lee Wannell. Um, what film? I don't think, I think is, I, I put it on one of my list, I think there probably were better films made this year, but for the pure, visceral reaction to this film, it in the, it's one of the few I can actually remember reaction in the cinema, um, while watching it, yeah. and that's why it's rated so high for me, because I've, not, I've actually not rewatched it since, so I'm actually a wee bit scared to rewatch it again in case, I'm not engaged with the same way because in the cinema you're forced to engage with film for the whole yeah. 98 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I watch will, it at yeah. home, maybe my attention might waver away from it a little bit, so I won't catch it. When I, I, I can confirm.
1: I, 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 I can confirm that is not the case. <laughs> but yes, I get it. There is an yeah. escape. Um, because um, I watched it about a week ago.
0: Yeah. So, but when I first saw it, I mean, I thought. Elizabeth Moss was phenomenal in it from the very start. Like the opening scene, she just it, you are terrified from the moment she opened her eyes, and you don't even know why, but you know, so you don't know what's happening, but you know something bad is happening, and that is just that yeah. is to see that just in in a couple of quick edits, yeah. her eyes and her performance. That is to me that was miraculous because she does that, um, and just again we talk about it we made for seven million bucks, so they do so much with nothing. Like literally, there's a the moment when you're looking at a chair and going. That is like it's fucking terrible. You're looking at a chair and going, I'm scared by looking at that chair. That shouldn't be the case, but it, it has done so well. Um, and it's fraught with tension all the way through. The third act I will give you does come in a little bit more with some of the sci-fi sort of like sort of jet like sort of standard thriller towards the final maybe twenty minutes of it. And it does lose a bit of pace at that point. Um, not a lot, but a little bit. it, it sort of dips slightly then. But everything up until that point, everything from hell in the house to her in the suburban house, I was just totally bored. And it, the scene in the restaurant might be the best thing I've seen on screen this year, because that was genuinely one of the most like the, the reaction to the cinema when that happened was fucking unbelievable. I've never had a reaction like that for a long time. It was such just genuine shock. Like people were like everyone was stunned by what, what happened because like, you're like you're, you're like her. You assume you're in a safe place. You're, you're sitting in a restaurant. And mm. nothing can happen and also And then, like you don't know how to react, and like it's like, you don't know how to how to engage with it. It's just so shocking in the, in this like one one moment. That to me was just a brilliant moment in cinema this year. Really, one of my favourite moments I've seen for a long time.
1: There's not much I can add to what you've said there. And you've articulated so well. That film is fucking amazing, man. Like it is such a wild riot. Like. I I I downloaded it, um some bullshit Sky Deal, have a free movie, and I thought, oh, I don't know if I can handle it. I don't know if I can handle it. I knew it would be so intense. I didn't know it'd be that intense.
2: Yeah.
1: I I can't remember such a visceral film for such a long time. Yeah. In terms of the shit I reckon probably um what's the um the hand up the while. Quiet Place had that. I watched Quiet Place in the cinema. I'm pleased to say, and that had those moments where you know where sound was emitted, and it was it was as one, like a, a communal you know terror. Um, but I, uh, I, I guess I would say something like the descent in terms yeah. of the sheer sheer yeah. unremitting, relentless tension and terror. Yeah. Like I remember Lisa was loving it, but forty minutes in, she said. There's an hour and 40 to go. I, shit, I can't handle this. Yes. Like, I can't. I don't know how. And that is, what, what I would say is it's a great old, feat. You on Netflix
0: di- Have you watched good time on Netflix yet? Love it. Love yeah. it. We'll, I hope we'll thing. talk
1: about the directors again. Are we going to talk about them again? Or are we not going to talk about them again? That is, oh, for fucks. Right, okay. okay. Well, he, they're the kings of anxiety. Yeah. They're the kings of anxiety on screen. Um, and there's a film that should be in the fucking top 10. Yep. That... It echoes the same thing. That just pure, you know, butterflies in the gut, tangled in knots. You know, yeah. butterflies confused. Uh, but it's so visceral and primal and intense. And fuck, man, like it's such a. There's so many things that I need to say about this film. But firstly, it's such a throwback. It's yeah. such a throwback. Like it's so Hitchcockian. Like, yeah. and, and I, I love that because it's doing it's such a less is more film yeah we don't need dialogue we don't need it we need a simple story and we'll tell the simple story in a couple of acts yeah a couple of scenes like you said that opening act nine minutes of unrelenting tension and terror not one word is spoken but we know the whole story and the whole yeah you know the tension of the relationship yeah That's unbelievable, unbelievable direction. And it makes it look so easy. Like good direction is like a good referee. You don't notice they're there. You know, it's just, it's fucking incredible filmmaking. Like that, the tension in that is unbelievable. She is a marvel as an actress. It's a damn shame she's a Scientologist, but I don't care. Uh, I'll let it go, Um, but I'll let it go for the purposes of posterity. No, um, I, I couldn't actually believe how good this film was, which think,
0: that is stupid, problem, really. I love this because you do think it's going to be a yeah. film wonderful film. And in fairness, yeah. that's what Winell's last film did as well, that film Upgrade, which felt like it was a Upgrade. genre movie, and just absolutely blew me away. He, he takes that this, simple concept yeah. and just pans on it and just does it so well that you're just taken yeah. aback by it.
1: Absolutely. He could do anything. And yeah. he could do anything, and we'll watch it, and it's a stamp of brilliance. It's he's already, for me, got that kind of Tarantino stamp of whatever he does, it's gonna be watchable and it's gonna be interesting. There might well, be doing, flaws, but he's doing good, the Wolfman next,
0: good. so that'll be interesting. He's had, he's yes. With Gosling playing the Wolf man. Wow. That'll be very intriguing. Yeah. But it's done by Bloomheads yeah. again, so I think again, they're gonna go very much for the not showing you everything. It'll be very much a you know tense you know in your head yeah
1: it's cool that's great like it's a proper all that stuff is like remember the 70s they were good you know Mm -hmm. it's it's misdirection it's it's not what you see it's the absolute antithesis to all that horrible bollocks um it's fucking incredible filmmaking make no mistake this is his film like she is amazing but Mm -hmm. this is his film yeah yeah. yeah,
0: but without him uh, behind the camera, behind, you know, doing the writing, it's a film that it would, could look. It could, it could be naff, it could be being, you know, it could... Mm. And I think How do you thing, make
1: a chair terrifying, you
0: know? When I was watching the film in a, in a cinema screen. there was no laughs, which I think was good, because normally people linger on a chair for too long, people giggling, it's like sort of tittering, and sort of like, you know, but everyone was sort yeah, of so yeah. engaged with it that there was nothing like that.
1: Um, everyone's so in it. it that's where you need the cinema it's so immersive yeah it's yeah it's such an impressive feat man like I, I, I couldn't actually, as I said I couldn't believe how good it was I think the score is fucking incredible which is yeah. so important for any kind of tension based thriller um, and it's really wildly unpredictable as well
0: yeah. and you it's, don't really it's really get- entertaining as well it's just a genuinely
1: entertaining movie yeah, it's damn entertaining, and the most important part for me, all great horror should hold up a mirror to society, yeah. and this absolutely does because it is the quintessential gaslighting film. Yeah. It's all it's it's gaslighting in a film.
0: Yeah. Most, of the, I think, um, uh, Soderbergh tried to do something similar recently with his one that was all shot in the video camera on the iPhone. Host. No. Is that him? Awesome. No. No. Oh. And, um, oh uh, with Claire Foy with yes Claire that Foy was, that had a, yeah that was good that, that was had good. a sort of gaslighting element to it as well did no it did yeah the, that was sort of like... you know
1: the, and, and like One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest that yeah. indignant voice of reason that nobody's listening to you know and that resonates you're carrying that journey you're with them and so you're in, entrenched you're on board with them yeah. throughout, because,
0: throughout just, uh, for the first hour of the film you know she's telling the truth yeah, you do. Yeah, because you do. it's called the Invisible then, Man. Yeah, but then he, but then he flips
1: it. Yeah, he flips it, and there's a seed of doubt, and you're like, I know it's an Invisible Man.
0: No, but yeah,
1: but the direct, the direction is so clever and so subtle that you you start to doubt yourself. Yeah, and that just sums up gaslighting as a whole. It's yeah. very very clever filmmaking. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm pleased it's in the ten. I think it should be higher, but I think yeah. I'm very pleased it's that.
0: I'm happy going to ten. I'm happy gonna ten. Number four is one sorry, number yeah, number four one you'll be very happy it's in the ten, and that is Mank. Uh, directed by David Woo! Fincher. Available on Netflix. Um you can know, you can go with this one first you I, I had I had it in my top ten, it was number three in my top ten, but you had it in your number one from what I remember, yes. No,
1: two? It is, yeah. Number one, No, yeah, one, number one. Yeah, one, one yeah. Yeah. Um film of the year for me. My top four is probably interchangeable.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, maybe five actually. Similar yeah. to yourself, I think our oh, five's the same. But uh, I um, been, yeah. But but in terms of what I look for in a film, it probably ticks all the boxes. I guess the things I like: so whip smart dialogue, incredible set design, wonderful leading performance, um, funny, yeah, tragic, self destructive. Uh, protagonist kind of it has everything I want Um, and also kind of romantic it's a romantic film it's a romantic
0: film about a time of cure it has been lost in it You know, has a a story about um, Howard Mankiewicz writing the screenplay for Sitting in Kane. he's doing it while Mm. bedridden with with a car accident and he basically sort of the the, the premise of the story comes from his sort of love for a woman who was married to or she was with um, Randall Randolph wasn't she? Yeah. She wasn't married to him. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. No, she was married, yeah. She, was married she grew to, to love didn't she? Yeah,
0: yeah, married um, to him, yeah. And it's his sort of basically the whole story of Seven King comes from him pining for this this woman, mm. essentially. And that, that's mm-hmm. and it's almost his it's almost like his Twitter slam of of Hearst, Yeah. Brought by writing the greatest channel made, apparently, you know. So <laughs> it's a, it's a way to do it. It's a hell of a way to do it. I mean, you know, the
1: and he won because he's achieved immortality yeah. with the film and indeed this film. Yeah. But there are so many layers to the romanticism because you've got the very real layer of romanticism where David Fincher, one of our favourite head directors, his father, of course, wrote the screenplay in yep. 92 or something crazy. Yeah, yeah. And he couldn't get it made. Couldn't get it made for fuck. And, uh, you know, he's dead now. But his yeah. but his fucking son has made the film on the back of his screenplay, mm. and he intercuts it with these little. Fincher is not a man for sentimentality, no. but
2: yeah. there are these cold there are
1: these moments where yeah, cold, cold as fuck, visceral, cold, icicle cold. But he has these moments where he just does, you know, int, interior, you know, yeah. house or a hotel, and it's clearly he's just gleaned that you know, verbatim from his father's screenplay. Little moments like that. And also the fact that Fincher is, he's this wunderkind. He's this genius. He was always called a genius on the fringes of Hollywood. Yeah. He's exactly like the, the central character. For me, it's Fincher's most autobiograph- autobiographical film. His dad mm-hmm. wrote the fucking screenplay. He's basically the mank of today in yes. directorial form, in my opinion. Yeah. That's, how I, that's what I took from it. And so it's full of heart. You don't say that a Fincher film has. hard. you know, you come away going, "Fucking hell, it looked good." Fucking hell, the characters are amazing. Fucking hell, it makes me, it makes me alive, but also think shit, life is futile. But you come away going, "Wow, that's that's a really great character study and and just such a, a poignant film and funny as balls, man." Like, funny, yeah, that's like, it,
0: I'm I, just not known for doing funny,
1: He's not. Nah, but then that's his dad, though. The dialogue is where the funny's at. Well, the dialogue
0: Eric Roth done a polish on it I think as well see, right yeah, yeah. So I can imagine it,
1: it, it, it's probably I guess you probably have to tutor it up it's 20 years old isn't it but yeah. The um, it's so whip smart it's so 40s noir yeah. it feels to me it feels like a fucking
0: film, rather yeah, than a, see, a film particularly the opening fact it's shot in monochrome for some reason the monochrome and the oh. story, and the fact that the, all the characters are so they do feel like caricatures like they're, they're they like, do different. No, they do, do. Do but that.
1: that's the forties, isn't it? You know, they yeah. do like the thirties and the forties. They're, they're ah, how are you doing there? Oh, everyone's got a wisecrack. Everyone's yeah. got a wisecrack to say. Yeah. And because of that, yeah. that's why yeah,
0: it yeah. felt very cornbralsy
1: for, for for yes, of it. yes, I mean, yeah. Um, but I, I welcome that. Like it's not. I like that from Fincher. But what I will say, Fincher has he's taken a step back from being all Finchery about it. You know, he's there are still there isn't the darkness there the, no. there are elements of it in terms of incredibly self-destructive character who is at the end of the day like he's a good person like you get you get hints of him being a good person but he's fundamentally deeply unwell
2: yeah
1: uh, he's self-destructive if he's fucking his own life up I and mean, we must bear in mind he was only in his 40s at this stage yeah. he died very young didn't he yeah. died like 50 um and ultimately he died penniless and you know, with as every writer call to his name. It's about as every writer should,
0: and I, yeah. I will attest <laughs> to that <laughs> unfortunate yeah. children. Um Live off my road. My grandkids will live off all road yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But there's there's a real kind of romanticism to that. It's a romantic film. The guy who plays Awesome Wells is awesome Wells, as far as I'm concerned. It's fucking crazy. The book um
0: wasn't- the look was a little bit off, like not not a bad. It was just uh, like,
1: the voice. The, the voice, voice. The, the voice the, the voice. Yeah, it didn't look like him, but the yeah, voice. Like it's, it's just felt like, like holy shit! Did they get? Did they get him in? Like what? Did they was, they? was that last thing then, he recorded?
0: Yeah. I thought they used like sort of old interviews or something, and they just sort of like they spliced them at one point because it was so absolutely. But not just awesome whales. Totally, but, it was awesome whales of that era. It was. It was like yes, awesome. It was, like, yeah, that was a really specific. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yes, when he when he didn't become a caricature of himself yeah. and he wasn't pouring himself out for Transformers, the movie. Um, wow. Yeah, no, it was very, it was on the nose, man. And there's so many great little side characters and I could, the thing is, I, I could revisit that. This is one of the few films we've talked about so far and Lighthouse is a prime example, which I love it. I could revisit Mank and yeah. I know I will again and again because the yeah. dialogue is just fucking whip smart, man. It has a um,
0: even uh,
1: it, yeah, does. it, it, it is, does. Yes, yes, and it's just—it's proper basketball bouncing off everyone, you know. It's like, and then you say something witty and funny, you yeah. know, you know, and then you say something. But then, despite all that, Oldman is still fucking holding court. Every yeah. scene, he is amazing. He is full of heart. He is clearly a fucking genius he's clearly a megalomaniac like yeah. he knows he's a genius but he's still somehow likable he's incredibly self-destructive he is a he's not a womanizer i think his wife alludes to the fact that he has platonic relationships rather than sexual for him i think his drug is engagement with others
2: yeah
1: which it resonates with me because that's absolutely my drug um and I, you know i get i buzz off that with other people um and uh, that resonates with me, but uh, just a really well-crafted, um, very well-written, incredibly performed film. It's a damn shame that it didn't get to a cinema. I don't know it would do that well,
0: to be honest. No, it's not have to do well It's not going to do well in the cinema. Um, it, Netflix will give it a wider audience, but I think the more appreciative audience would have loved it in the cinema. Um, because I think... Yes. Oh, yeah yeah. You, yeah, yeah. you would have loved to seen that and, you know, that size
1: yeah yeah just the big yeah. the bigness of it you know it yeah. yeah and the sets card. the sets were so good as well like the recreation of those sets was so well crafted
0: like it deserves Binge that has
1: done such a good job yeah yeah it does deserve that to be fair do you think um,
0: Hollywood when it comes to awards season will embrace it because as much as it is a romantic film and it is a sort of it's him called Hollywood no. he's, he's pretty damning of Hollywood Hollywood does not like to be sort of a, a mirror shown upon it it likes to be raised well, up well, yeah so well, should, like I say, yeah, I, it, it, I know that I, I can almost guarantee you're going to win dead screenplay. That's, I think I guarantee it,
1: Well, it, it has to, doesn't it? It's an absolute travesty. Um, but yeah, there's no way Hollywood will embrace it. No. no. And and that's what he would expect because, like I said, he's the wunderkind who is on the periphery. He's on the fringes of Hollywood. Fincher is known as a genius, but he doesn't enter the fray. He doesn't, doesn't play the game. If he played the game, he'd be a richer man. I'm sure he's done very fucking well for himself. Don't get me wrong, but he'd be, he, he hes never played the game at all. And this film is almost a rallying cry to those who don't play
0: the game. So no, there's no way Hollywood
1: will
0: it. he has sort of played the game, and he done well, stuff like um, *Gone Girl*. That was sort of playing into sort of like the like the studio system, you know. Because that—that was you know based on a on a best-selling book based on like the thought of like a book of the year. Um, and even something possibly like the social network would that be playing the Hollywood game a little bit? Social network, but they're still
1: all about weirdo outsiders that's, who that's do unbelievable yes. things. a fair point. Yeah, I know buttons? what you I know what you're yeah. saying. I don't know because that's still like, yeah, I know what you mean. But they're not. I don't. I don't know. I don't think anyone's saying to them, David, you need to make a, a studio film. I, I think maybe they've had that conversation with, I don't know, I'm gleaning mad shit here, but they said to him, Dave, stop making dark things, man, like you're depressing everyone, make this, Benjamin, make a wholesome family film, so no, he goes away and goes, he's, he's well not, This this Scott Fitzgerald short story, you know, nobody's read that, like,
0: no, he's, he's, he's still going off piste. He's definitely not making a family friendly film, but he has done stuff like the Gilded Dragon tattoo as well, remember, so that was almost like, sort that of- is, that, that's the outlier, that's the yeah. one, and it's the one
1: Fincher film that I'm like, meh, it is the only one. I include Aliens 3 in that. You know, yeah. it's, 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 the, it's the one me film yeah. to me.
0: Um,
1: mm. Yeah, Mike, yeah. he's played the game a bit, I guess.
0: Yeah, Mike's phenomenal. I, I loved it as well. Like it was generally one of the best, probably the best thing I've watched from Netflix. And I say that, they've done a Cone film, they've done Roma. Um, I would probably put Mike it, as the it's, best it's thing the, that Netflix it's has the, it, It's It's the best film on Netflix, I agree. Yeah.
1: 100%. Good yeah. shouts for two and three there, by the way. But yeah, yeah, very, very good.
0: So that's number four. So number three is a film that is one of the only two films that appear on everybody's list. And that film is 1917, directed by, right by Sam Mendes. Uh, high. Really? Okay. Right. I think it was on your list as well. Number 10, yeah. It's good. had it good. So I had it number 10 as well. I they all had it number 10 as well. So it was on everybody's list. But, um, not, not number one in on anybody's list, but definitely all in about. so it got, got enough points. Um, it's a film I have revisited since on the small screen and still enjoyed it, very much so. so the first time I saw it, I really did enjoy it um, because of like, the scale of it. I did think it lacked something that, like, let say, for example, Private Ryan has, which is a heart. It, it doesn't have a lot of heart. No, it. it's, it's a very technical critical. achievement. It's very like said, clinical. Totally. Um, but see, rewatching yep. it again, there is, there is more heart than you remember than you think when you first see it. Cause I think the first time I watched it, I was so intent on the, the, the technical ability of it. Because everybody was talking about you know, the, the single shot and all that kind of stuff. And oh, sure. yeah as yeah. a as a film fan, I'm sort of like, I'm, I'm watching that. So I didn't really engage enough with the, the story itself. Mm. The story is still very simple. It's not particularly um, smart. It's just, it's just a very simple story but particularly the character played by one, he's become one of my favourite actors right now, and he's actually on, my, on our film in the top ten list this year. He, oh, he's in something on Leaf, and I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, George McKay, who is not Scottish, but does a very good Scottish accent. He's become one of my genuine yes. right now. Um, he, everything he does in, he's got a real something about him. It? So um, his Yes, I like him. The journey his character goes on, mm. There is more heart there than you been sort of possibly you can give. I think um, so because yeah, like that, that. thing I got from the second time I watched it, much like Dunkirk, and I thought Dunkirk was again a great technical film and, and well put together, but there was a lack of heart in that film as well. But like, we both loved it. We thought it was a great film, but it was a lot. It was very cold for a lot of things. We watched. Agree that, with it both. Like, and there is there is more heart in that film than you actually than you than you expect from a mm. Chris Nolan film, and this is the same. Yeah. You no, I I, yeah. I dug it. I thought it was, and then. I think in years come, maybe it was yes. a little further downwards, maybe when I, when I was looking going, mm, that's a bit higher than I expected to be, but as a film, as a technical achievement, I think it's amazing, um, I love the fact it's written by a girl from Glasgow, that made me happy as well. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes.
2: She's
0: you now going on to big, big things as well, which is really nice, um, and just, it felt, this sounds really silly, because it's something you don't really, it, it sounds like, it felt cinematic, it felt like something that belonged in the cinema. It
1: did, it did, it and absolutely it, did. In a yeah, cinema, absolutely. there's something
0: you feel like I, I can't imagine anyone ever wanting to watch this film anywhere else. Like seeing this film for the first no. time on the home screen just feel so wrong to me. This is a film. Like yes. Was, it felt like I, this yes. a Cinema.
1: Again, you've you've articulated. There's nothing I can add really. You've you've articulated that absolutely perfectly. I watched it, it in a cinema. Ten
0: minutes from when I worked as well, which is more amazing to me as well. Ten minutes from when I worked.
1: That lost old meaning. You've said that so many times. It was not that's mad.
0: Yeah. But you never
1: The magic of cinema.
0: Magic of cinema, yeah. Um, so 1917, it is a great war film. It is a fantastic movie. Um, probably the most, I would say, conventional film in our list. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And probably a film you could probably sell yeah. a, a note, like sort of a, a cinema, like someone who's usually close to the odd film, you know, someone who's not like sort of you know, intensively cinema, you probably sell them a lot easier than any other, other film. Um, yeah, so number two on the list, um, South Korean film, directed by Bong Joon-ho, um, won everything at the Oscars in 2020, I think, it was, yeah, it, it, he's got it later, um, and that was Parasite. Um, you watched this recently, um, well, quite a build-up, there was a, a build-up for you to watch it. Um, were you let down, or did you enjoy it?
1: I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. I think it. Um, it's the title is problematic and also brilliant brilliant yeah it, it, in terms of a, a novel it's an ideal title which yeah. is very um southeast asian they're yeah. very novelistic uh, in terms of their films and every every piece of art they do is very much about the thematics yeah. isn't it uh, and the poetry um and uh you know, it's very clever but in yeah. terms of for a western audience Parasite makes you feel that makes you think that it's a horror film. I yeah. think that may have put, might have put people off Agreed. initially. Um, and it, it really
0: how how do you categorise this film, Richard? You try to describe this film. And this is a problem I've had. People tell people what you want to watch this film. They ask you what it's about, and I say everything I tell you about the film will essentially ruin the film for you. It will, it will, yeah, it will, yeah. it will diminish the film because I would enter it knowing absolutely nothing about it. I'll have known it. But so, I, I, everyone I knew about it. said it, it was great. So I'm like, I'm intrigued to see this. And I'm you, For the first 40 minutes or so, I wasn't fully... Hour. It's first I was hour. I, like, I wasn't it's really it's the first hour. I, was, I wasn't bored yeah. by it. I was in, I was intrigued by the character because at that sort of set, I was intrigued by what it was. Something told me because I knew, it was like somebody told me, I'd heard about it being a great film, that there must I, be... And, and you know I, the film, and you know the filmmaker as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, there must be a twist, here. there must be something that's going to change to up this a level. But what upped at that level did not appear, did not occur to me until you know when I was watching it. And that's what I think blows it out of the water. And but then nothing about it seems unreal. It seems it all very believable in a bizarre way. It could happen.
1: It could all happen. It could all happen. Yeah. Again, perfectly surmised. Um, the the first hour I struggled with, I deliberately avoided everything about this film. Deliberately because I love the director. I love the host. I think more should be spoken about. I think the host yeah. is one of the most underrated films of the past fifteen years. I think it's incredible. I think it's a masterpiece. Nobody talks about it ever. I love Octure because John Ronson wrote it. Yeah. Um, it's not in the same league as the other stuff. It's it's a fable, but it's lovely and it's dark and twisted and really interesting. Snowpiercer is a stone-cold classic, yeah. without doubt. And I'm sure he's done lots of great Korean films that I haven't seen most of. Um, but whatever he does, I'll, I'll be intrigued by him. Yeah. And yeah, as a part of me, that, why is it taking so long for me to watch this? I guess there's cynicism thinking this is a statement. Yeah. The film, it could be any foreign film, taking that best picture slant it's like the me too thing it's like oh shit we better rectify this yeah. white hollywood you know um i don't think it was
0: that though and i think there's a
1: lot, there's a lot truth, that. In, yeah that, that you, you literally finished my sentence in truth i don't think it was that i think it literally was the best film within those candidates you yeah. know it was very high on both our lists um and the, the films i think that were released that the higher on our lists were released after yeah um I, because uh, it was very early in the year, it's an absolute again the ghost of Hitchcock. It's an absolute mm. masterclass in misdirection and and suspense, but also giving you a like a, allowing a little like a little a hint of light through the corner of the curtains to say something's going to happen here. Yeah, and you know it, and you know it, and I know it, and yeah. the characters know it. But what is, what, is what is it, it going to be? And it's yeah. when and when there's the, the scene. It was a really tense scene. Like we talking yeah. about tension, and we talked about films on this list that build tension incredibly. Invisible Man, prime candidate, but in a less overt way. This film does it like a master filmmaker who's got fifteen films under his belt, and he does it fucking incredibly with this one nondescript scene where the family finally get to be together as a family yeah. for the first time away from their dwelling in mm. the underclass in this opulent existence and they get to love it and they fantasize and they they think of the future and they think of everything they could be and they're, they're loving it and you don't want that to end but no. you know it's going to end and you it wait for to it but like and it has to, and you're thinking, how? And they go with such a. Like, if I, you know, if I was, if somebody said to me, okay, write that screenplay and gave me that film that hour in, mm. I, I wouldn't have gone down that route. Like, nobody would. It was so unexpected. I was just like, I was so un, inexplicably blown away by how creative the. The the um, the twist was because the twist isn't one twist; it's a series of twists. And twist, all all it does is exacerbate the whole point, which is social commentary. So clever, like so. Did he write it? He wrote it as well, didn't he? He wrote it as well, didn't he?
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, that that is genius. That is absolute genius to write that. It comes from nowhere. Oh shit! And then to have the, the sense of mind to not overplay it. And to still make it funny, like how is it still funny? Like, yeah, I, I was so confused. I, I it was like a it was like shaking up a snow globe of my emotions, and yeah. I didn't know how to feel. By the end of it, I was so baffled, but yeah. equally enthralled and terrified, and just I, you just come away going, "Yeah, this is this is a great great film." There's
0: no doubt. It's, no. it's it's a film that perfectly works within the grey because you think you know who you want to root for for most of it. But then, do you want to root for them? You know,
1: they do awful things.
0: And then if you don't root for them, you root for the other people, you go, they're pretty shitty as well. I don't know, like, I, I really have yeah. no one, there is no hero in this story. That's the thing, I don't think. I think there is literally no hero. Um, so you essentially, it's, it, it's all shades of real, or all shades of shades of just not, oh, normalcy. I, 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 I would say
1: Southeast Southeast Asian cinema does that really well. Like it's completely unflinching. Realism. There are no, there's no Hollywood notion, is there? Yeah. There are people you root for and then you come away going, you did this man. Like there's so much, the first hour is just manipulation. And and you almost forget what they came from. And then then it, then it flips it and you're like, well, they haven't had this they've been destroyed by a system that betrays them yeah. they've been destroyed by a class system i had no idea the korean
0: class system was as prominent as ours but that's even, interesting like, it's even tougher to move like it's sort of it's, yeah. it's, both, it, it, it's generational you know even if you do like india it's just it's right. affluent wealth or you're fucked oh, there's goodness. no
1: there's no what What's the word? There's no middle um, class. There is literally uh, no middle class. Yeah. And there's no being upwardly mobile. There's no. None. You can't ever you, move forward. Yeah. Because
0: yeah. you, you know what you can make enough money to get up, you know, working the jobs they work in, you know, so... Yeah. Um, aye. Yeah. Um,
1: it's very clever. Very clever. Like, and, and funny. I, I know I keep saying funny, but yeah. it's such a rare quality for a film like this to not be pensive all the time, to have really great lines. Like, I, I, I'm looking forward to watching it again because there are so many incredible lines that made me laugh out loud. Yeah, I'm like that is so funny, like but so be funny witty. In a second language as well to be funny, like via subtitle. Oh yeah. yeah, to be yeah. funny, That's translated to be yeah. funny in subtitled. Yeah, yeah. And the mum I thought was particularly funny. I thought she was yeah. very, very funny. The yeah, mother of, very of the funny. family, the
0: mother of the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mother, yeah,
1: the mother of the the poor family. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was really dry. And it was what was the there was one great line where the guy they got them that rock, which is obviously very yeah symbolically important for um the the, the trajectory of the story. And she said, I'd have preferred money. You know, yeah.
0: it's just very dry. I think, I, think line, I think he says the favorite line in in the film, which was someone goes, Oh, they're really nice, and she goes, They're rich, they can afford to be nice. And I thought that was that sort of basically summed up. The what a line. Film.
1: What yeah. a line. absolute line of the film. Line yeah. of the film, totally. the the the, the writing is off the scale and for then the direction to be do you know what film it reminded me of? Get Out yes
0: very much so in the sense it reminded of, me of Get Out uh-huh. yeah second act particularly in the sense that everyone's pretending yeah as well
1: um, yeah yeah Ed, there's there's a sense of pretense without yeah. that sense of pretense um, would no, you watch it again? Fine.
0: like it's you fine. think it would have a, a repeat value? <laughs> oh yeah yeah no, for me, yeah, because yeah.
1: I, I, I don't think it's one of those films that it's not a sixth sense for me. I think no. it would, I think it'd be better yeah. second time round. I know there's a lot of misdirection and surprise, but actually, there would be a the. It's probably two and done. I think. I think second time round you'd go. you would be looking for clever. things
0: all the way through it. I think that's, that's clever.
1: That. Yeah. What has he done there? That's yeah. clever. Um. It's not it's not gonna be a Shawshank. you know, you're not gonna watch no. it five hundred times like but uh <laughs> very clever, very impressive. Yeah, just it's very it's incredibly cool that, that won Best Picture, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that's what makes it really nice as well. it was a film that probably no one expected to win Best Picture, despite how brilliant it was that everyone expected like, you know, the traditional Hollywood film to be the one that gets picked as it always is you know the green book will win the award you know that that, that kind of thing you know yeah. the bohemian raps will win the award something along those lines so the fact God, that the green that it book won't that's pictured in not it yeah So um, still upsets me it upsets everyone it's a good um, film <laughs> but
1: it's a good film but jesus like um, it's nothing says more tone deaf post hey we haven't we haven't nominated any black actors directors or filmmakers uh for this whole uh, charade, but hey, let's give the book let's give the first one to Green Book. Yeah. You can write the film it it's that
0: not has like a, a A white guy thinking maybe black people aren't all that bad. That's a general point of that film with a guy who hates black <laughs> people go Let him come for Christmas. That's essentially hey. the note of that film. That and yeah, it's, hey. it's and know, know, now the guy get who, the guy who wrote say you um, um, round
1: and he'll watch you go.
0: Yeah. The guy who wrote Stuck on You now has oh, an old right. It's amazing. Have um, you seen
1: um I assume it hasn't made the the um, the the grade, but have you seen another uh, round? Because I'm hearing amazing things about it.
0: Do you want? Sorry. Another round? No. Oh, it's Mad Mickelson. Is... They they say that life will be better if they all just a little bit drunk. Not only come out like last yeah. week or something. Cause I'm not had a chance to get around to Yeah. It. Um, right. I'll watch Mad Mickelson do pretty much anything. So I'm. Ready. I agree. Yeah. Totally agree.
1: Pure charisma. Pure charm. Yeah. Um. A so brilliant level, of bastardry as well. She's got that level. He's got the bastard behind the eyes, doesn't he? Yeah. But uh, um, if he was a footballer, he'd be Ian Ferguson. But yeah, he's um, he, he's uh, yeah, apparently that's that's a masterpiece. Yeah, uh, he got.
0: good cracking reviews. It's not on like sort of any VOD or, or like sort of any sort of download places now to actually get the chance to watch it. So. It might be that it's trying <laughs> with a limited sort of art house release that across the cinemas that in Britain that are open, and then eventually it'll come to somewhere. So once it comes out, I will. again, that's a shame. That's a shame yeah. because it, it feels like the buzz generated from
1: it is something that could be bigger. I know it's a yeah. foreign language film, but it feels like it could be. You talk about Parasite.
0: Like, yeah. would that happen now? Of course, it wouldn't. It no. wouldn't even get. Wouldn't get the light of day. It's you know, Parasite had a decent marketing campaign behind it as well. You know, that's the thing that it did. Which is, a, which is nothing wrong, because every other film studio uses that, so it's good to see a film that maybe an underdog uses that to its advantage. Um, so that was nice. Um, that was number two on our yes. list. So we Despite Oscar and everybody else thinking that was a great film of all time in the last 12 months, we disagreed. Um, and we all went for a film that, again, appeared on every single person's list, pretty high on everyone's list. Uh, essentially, it did win by a fairly decent margin, um, and that film is Jojo Rabbit. Uh, directed by mm. Kai Um yeah so this is, I find it very odd that this film has divided opinions because I don't think it's the end debate with it of the baby, but I think it's a brilliant movie I think it's a fantastic film I think it's a great moral message um, and I think yeah. the, only thing, the only thing I can think you can complain about would be Rebel Wilson who is playing a completely different movie <laughs> everyone else in the film <laughs> is just that's such a small <laughs> it's such not a small. minor detail but it's something that <laughs> it can, Rebel Wilson can really. it annoys you I get it <laughs> you know, um but everything else about the film is just it, i think it's fantastic it, it plays into everything Taika about does it, Some people would argue perhaps it's a slightly darker version of hunt for a people you know it's you know seen a, a, a young boy getting rescued, but you done that in boy as well um so mm-hmm. it's i think i think it's a fantastic one of us a funny film it's emotionally resonant for the whole movie. it has some absolute sucker punch moments and it will absolutely break you um and yeah, and ultimately as well, insanely entertaining, I've watched it a couple of times already since I've seen the cinema and was entertained each and every time I saw it. And I think, I don't know if it stems from the fact that in the film they have a Hitler character, but in the film, he's a fool. He's played as the fool from the moment he's seen. He's played as the idiot. Everything he says is utterly idiotic like, and everything. So why would you yeah. think it's in any way sort of glorifying? It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever.
1: No, no you've you've i take that again fucking out, I'm a broken record here but yeah you have said everything I I, I, I agree with if you think this film was offensive then you're you've got problems like because yeah. there's nothing there's nothing offensive this film is maybe don't watch dad's army oh uh-huh. it's maybe don't watch four lions because the whole point of satire is to make fools of the people that are terrifying us. Uh The whole point of it is to make them what they are, to show them for what they are. Fools, idiots, clowns. And that's exactly what this film does. And yet it's, it's, it it toes the line between uh, heartfelt, lovely, sweet sentimentality, brutal, acerbic, heart crushing sadness mm. and laugh out loud comedy like yeah. that is no mean feat as a director yeah. and a writer he is a fucking genius yeah. i will I, this is this is this is a hillard i don't care like i read peter bradshaw he's divisive uh guardian film director he gave this one
0: star yeah, and he said madness
1: have you read it Have you read the review it's... i' had
0: a read i read the review and What what I've got from is like even if you, I can accept if you do not like the film and maybe you don't, you don't find it funny, which is totally understandable. If it's not your thing, give it that's totally acceptable. If you're not entertained as much by it, then that again is a completely valid point of view to come from. But by giving it a one star film, that's essentially you're saying this film is so abhorrently bad that no human being ever watch it and it offers nothing to say. Which it 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 plainly is not true. No, it isn't true.
1: And it, all that is, hes is, they've become a caricature of everything they profess yeah. to hate, cl- hate culture. And the thing is, ask any Jewish person of critical cultural relevance what they think. Yeah. And they love it, man. Like, yeah. they, generally, I'm not speaking for the. Yeah. How many times have I said I'm not speaking for Did Jewish
0: A few times. You went from being for certain directors now you're speaking for the entire Jewish race.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd get that. There. Yeah. There's so many people that assume I am Jewish, which is yeah. highly amusing. I'm happy to go with them because you know they got all the best comedy. But uh, yeah. um, no, th- this film, you know, as you say, it's subjective. Everything's subjective. That's life. But how can you he uh, Peter Bradshaw is a fan of YTT's over work. he's yeah. a fan of Wilder People he gave it five stars yeah. so for me and he gave Boy five stars for me
0: this is such a natural it's just a different <laughs> the it through doesn't the it, through it's line the from, same film yeah the through line from this from Boy to Wilder People to this is so obvious that yeah Shadows is the outline We're at not, this point in time yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolute, it, absolute yeah, it's brilliant, but it's not. It's not. It actually, it actually diverges from his normal themes. This is where This is where Yeah, he,
1: yeah, he yeah. Is. yeah. Yeah. It it, it stands alone. It, it it stands alone amidst all
0: the other films. You're absolutely right. It's very odd. But what's um, what really gets me is a lot of people who have seen the anger at this film and sort of be very against it were given something, for example, like Death of Stalin, five star reviews. Now, I think David Stalin is brilliant and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. But I don't see any difference in sort of showing Stalin no. era as complete idiots by showing them just being idiots, by saying, by, 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 by you know, just by letting them say the normal things that are, that are clearly stupid. And the same way the Hitler character in this film it doesn't make any sense to me that people would, would see it as anything. If you go out of that film thinking that Hitler's a hero of that story, you've fundamentally not watched the film. What, the what film down, did you watch? Yeah, and the same way downfall. You don't watch quite out like that film going, oh man, that Hitler guy got a bit, a bit of a raw deal. Well, no, that that you can't read that film in any other way the fact that he is the baddie. He is the <laughs> idiot. <laughs> okay. And everything he stand for is idiotic. You know, they have a kid in this film, in Jojo Rabbit at one point, who's wearing paper as armour. You know, it's like, because, you know, if in the talk about, you know, don't look at a Jew if you turn to a Jew, you'll instantly, you know, you'll lose all your skin and you'll burst into flames. It's, like, it's so idiotic that you can't take it, you cannot take it seriously. And it, and it shows up the, the madness of who they are. So I just I, I, and I don't like to on people who didn't like the film because they didn't like the film. fucking didn't like the film. I thought it was a brilliant piece of art. I thought Scarlett Johansson would have been better. Um, I thought the, wee, the girl who's playing um, the girl in the the pub. I can't remember her name. I think something Mackenzie. I think of some name. If I remember rightly, um, I thought she was absolutely fantastic in in the role. Um, mm. And and I, I also um, Sam Rockwell, who is always excellent. Um, was brilliant as well. I thought he brought so much to that that character. Um, yeah. Thomas and yeah, McKenzie great. is the girl who plays a young girl on the, yes. the cover. She's, no, she's in Leave No Trace. You get a chance to watch Leave No Trace um, with Ben Foster, the cracking movie. The... Holy shit, she's in Leave No Trace. What a great film. Yeah, what um, a in that, film. which was out a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, I, I get, and I'm happy to be where we got to number one now on but I think everyone who we know, everyone who, who is involved with this has saw it. Saw it in the right way, you know. They saw what, what it was. I'm I'm so pleased at how high this
1: is placed because it's a masterpiece for me. Yeah. I, I think the balance the balance is key for a film like this. Yeah. I don't even know how you how you do it. And the thing is, you a film of this nature. I'm talking about the balance. You're good to upset some people. Yep. I just find it very curious that people it has upset. Yeah. I, I I find it very weird. I yeah. uh, don't find the, the the criticism constructive. I think you made some incredible points there. Um, it's not like it, there's no glamour. There's no glamour. There's to nothing. This. nothing. It's It's tricky. literally laugh at the fool. And yeah. we are who's side one? You know. On? Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. I, it's not like uh, it's not like you know um, you're satirizing English rave and then. Yeah. You know, you you're just doing a, a you know a Kevin and Perry, and then before you know it, you've got a bunch of louts off their head on ecstasy yeah. watching the film. It's everyone who's watching it is going, "Well, yeah, I agree with that." Like, yeah. it's 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 very weird. Hitler is such a side character in it. The, the oh. story is the boys. Yeah, the story is the boys, and it, and you are so so willing him to be led by these yeah. strong, intelligent women. Yeah, that that that, and then. This, the the fact that it's Nazism and the fact that it's fascism is almost, not secondary, but it's almost in the background.
0: Yeah, that also the best in the film She say you're not a Nazi, you just like to dress up and be in a club. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's great, all well, it is.
1: What a good line. Basically, yes. oh, I, I think it straddles the line absolutely perfectly. I genuinely think it's a masterpiece. I know it wasn't my number one, but I think we've got, we've had two
0: masterpieces this year. Um, in my I don't, opinion, think, I don't uh, think it's Tiger's um, best film. I think Wilder what people still his best film? Probably, yeah.
1: Probably yeah, we're, talking, no. we're talking about one of the. In my opinion, we're talking about an absolute genius. with yeah. a like so that's fine. You know, yeah. I, I, I I wouldn't disagree with that.
0: What well, if people has too, no River no Wilson in it for a start, <clears> and it had a Sam Neil, which brings it up in extra two levels. You it know? does
1: bring it up it does bring it up. But what I would say is he's dealing with heavier things here. He's dealing yes, with yeah, the weight of his own yeah. he's dealing with not just the weight of Nazis and and, and, and and world war, he's dealing with the weight of his own expectation. Yeah. and he has delivered something so as ever, he has bended the whim the whimsy of Hollywood to his own yeah. You know, he's bended it, you know, yeah. uh, he's, 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 he, so he's done whatever yeah. he wanted. Yeah. Which you know, only the best do. They just make the, the weird popular if you can do yeah. that then you know you're you're onto something Yeah, it's a fucking incredible film I don't get the criticism it no, no no
0: me. I, I think it's fantastic and I'm really happy Rebel it. Wilson is <laughs> terrible though full of record I will agree yes if you have a, if you have put Rebel Wilson in your film don't do it find someone else like anyone else just find someone put Sam Neill in it just another thatcher yeah. any film Rebel Wilson's in just sub in Sam Neill infinitely better film <laughs> yeah just Sam Neill in a dress yeah something something and Pitch Perfect it'll work um, I'd watch it that is a top 10 um, it's a good top 10 any noticeable ones you want to mention that were not in it that <laughs> you wanted just quickly throw out
1: uh, um,
0: Soul Uncle Jeff you like Soul
1: yeah I, I thought Soul was great
0: I like two thirds or Soul there's a bits in Soul when it becomes a kids movie there's absolutely no reason um, to, to try and get the kids to like it I wish it had the yeah, strength of its conviction agree. just to be what it was, but it, it tried to be a Pixar movie for parts of it and it didn't, it shouldn't have been. It should have, but it's so fucking weird and esoteric and just all over, it. it just sort of, you know, they've got like Picasso jokes and they've got like Galileo jokes and stuff like that, you know, you what know, kids yeah. are not getting it. It's not made for kids. No. It's not like Inside Out that yeah. pulls that perfect line of like sort of yeah. two different films at yeah. the same time. This is a, it's an adult film, you know, about, you know, the life and death plus jazz. Um, but then there's a... That the body swap bit is what I'm talking about—the bit they do this with sort of like the cat. I, I, I will agree. I when they did the cat
1: um, body swap, I sighed outwardly and I thought, "This is not the film yeah. I wanted." I was very upset about that moment, <laughs> yeah. but
0: the rest was I great. The rest was great,
1: really well. Yeah, it's all a good one. Incredible, like for me, like as you know, Inside Out was my favorite Pixar film. So for me, it, it speaks to my kind of existential slash kid brain. Uh, but no kids aren't gonna dig soul, no. man. Like there's no way I'm gonna make my kids watch soul. Like they're gonna be, what is that man? Like unless I start getting them into the refair, which yeah. he seems too young.
0: He's too young. Yeah. But I, I have no problem trying to make the film they started out trying to make. Like somehow Pete Doctor has sold this to the studio and God bless him be able to convince you to do this. And then it seems like maybe halfway through the making of the film they went we're not making picked up a picture of him, how we go? We're making this sort of very artistic and strange. Is it Charlie Kaufman film? Ah, and then he's went. Fuck, we better. You need to put something in that will make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Film. It was shoehorned. They yeah, shoehorned that into no. and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you not know yeah, think? See the see the Cairo is played by Graham Norton, which was a very oddly highly billed Graham Norton cast. Did you not just see Billy? That was weird. They asked Billy Connolly, and he said no for some reason. Yeah, I, you I, did, I had the
3: Billie
1: Connelly like look, the
0: Billie Connelly like yellow shoes and that kind of look about him, like yes. sort of Billie Connelly from the seventies look about
1: him. Oh my God, that would be so interesting! I
0: bet they asked him,
1: and Pamela was like, "No, he's fucked. He yeah. thinks that my hands are cabbages." Yeah, yeah no, I he, bet he, that's
0: he right. Brave. It just felt like that was they, that's a belly Connelly role they brought that when he said no. Sir. Or, or is it or, Billy oh. or Eddie? No.
1: What an observation that is! I bet there were conversations. I bet that they didn't even know he was fucked with Alzheimer's. I yeah. bet that—that's so true. And they all think, as we all know, Hollywood just thinks Irish and Scottish are the same.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, and he's After
1: probably
0: big in America because yeah. of his chat show. Yeah, yeah. but so so was I. Uh, so definitely, I, I really enjoyed it. a nice Christmas film. No, um, I loved it. I think
1: it was so sweet. Like it was so clever.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm two that I've watched this year that I wish had made the list and didn't make the list. Oh, in fact, three, sorry. I'm going to be very quick with three. Um, one is Host, the Zoom horror film that's on Shudder, which scared the absolute shit out of me. And God bless them for doing that cause I've not been scared of horror film for a long time. So inventive, so clever, so well done. Um, and the guys who are involved in that I hope they've gone to better things, or bigger things because they really deserve it because they're so inventive what they use, you know, Zoom for to do that. It's really well done. Genuinely, genuinely. It was only an hour long, right? wasn't it? was it? Hour long, I think. 54 minutes or something like that. It uses a Zoom call wow. no time, yeah. Um, no feet. No, um, but yeah, it's genuinely freaked me out and generally made me jump, which is something the films have done that for a long time in terms of, in terms of like an actual wow. horror, horror film. Um, second one is a, an Australian film called uh, The True History of the Kelly Gang, which is a, like a yeah. punk rock telling of the, the, the Ned Kelly story which is, again, one of the most... And the same way The Lighthouse is utterly deranged. This is the same. It is, like, deranged in the sense of, like, Australian cinema deranged. Like, imagine sitting in, like, a, you know, some backwater Australian town in the middle of nowhere. You're not in any water for, like, four days, and you're just going you're, you're off your head on, like, mushrooms. That's what this film felt like for a lot of the time. It's utterly, utterly deranged. Um, again, starring George Mackay um, and just sort of cinema. I didn't really know how I felt about it the first time I watched it. But I know I liked it, so again, and just genuinely just thought this is this is something really special, and I really hope it does bigger things again, um, and fucking just absolutely batshit crazy. Um, Russell Crowe is in a role that I think Russell Crowe was born to be in. He is just he just owns a role. He's only had like like an extended cameo, but every inch of the cameo is just phenomenal in it.
1: I love him in his supporting role.
0: Yeah, oh, It's my it's, favorite Russell. Fairly supporting. It's like it's literally three or four scenes he has, but oh, phenomenal. Uh, psychopathic, blood blood. like psychopathic and quiet. That's what you want. Yeah, he's just, and that's why he's more louder than life. He's almost like he's, he's almost doing Oliver Reed cross with um Austin Wells. He's almost it's that kind of big. Yes. Kind of body. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God! They all four. Of them. I'm sorry. All three of them are just the same person. he big, he's got full beard, he's <laughs> looks deranged. So if you get a chance, it's on Amazon. You get a chance to watch it. Look at out. phenomenal film. No, I will. Um, no, I'm gutted. I didn't get to watch it in time
1: because I, I love Australian history like itself, So I'm gutted I didn't get to see
0: it. Bear bear in mind, not true. The story they tell you, not true. No, no. But, yeah.
1: fuck it. You know, it's, it's it's a true. I love the crown. It's
0: fine. But it's, <laughs> it's, and that thing is it's about it's about Australians like sort of. It's a deconstruction of the myth of whom Ned Kelly was. That's what's brilliant about it. It's not yeah. just trying right you know, Ned Kelly's like, even built up in the mind. But he's been deified, doesn't he? Yeah. He, he's, he's a thief. He's a fucking thief who just shot people. He wasn't He wasn't a great hero. He's a guy who killed people. Um, so people in America were pissed off but at one point and showed an address. Like he, him and his gang ran about in dresses, apparently, the which there's no evidence to say he did it. They might have done it because it was an Irish thing. The Irish did to scare mm. the cops back in the day because no one wants to tackle a guy in a dress. So. The <laughs> Kelly family are all Irish. So they'd wear dresses when they went on raids. They think, they don't really know 100% for sure, but people were like, sort of horrified by the idea of, like, why is Ned Kelly a crime fest Did Like, he's not. It's something culturally, that's something they would do. Same way the Scots wear kilts, because no one wants to fucking take on a guy wearing a skirt. It's it's the intimidation factor. So that's really good. You get a chance to watch that. And the final one I'm going to mention, That's is, cool. Is, is, you watched it as well. No one else saw it. But it's a phenomenal film called The Bastard Night. It's on Amazon. It's a low-budget sci-fi movie. It is one of the cleverest, most inventive sci-fi films I've seen in a long, long time. Um, it's very wordy, very talky. Um, you have to really pay attention to it, but every second you pay attention to it is 100 percent worth it. It's such a special movie made for such a low amount of money. And as a statement film for a guy who wanted other things, it is brilliant. It has echoes of like for me it echoes of like young Raimi or Ellie Spielberg, just in the sense of like just absolute confidence of what they we're doing. Like there's no doubt he knew exactly what he was doing. There's a shot in it that like, goes through about four. It goes from like outside to inside through a basketball game out in a park, and then into somewhere else. Which honestly, if Mendes pulled off done 1917, he pulled that off. He was impressed by that. To do what mm. this guy done on no budget is just beyond phenomenal because it's absolutely seamless and amazing.
3: There's
1: there's little I can add to that. Um, you recommended it to me and yeah it's it's some feat the vast of night is i mean i love as i said to you i love the title anyway it's so poetic yeah but um it's remorseless yeah. it's remorseless uh and the characters aren't that they there are they are un, they are completely human
2: yeah I'm not that's
1: talking a, absolutely they're, good they're, good. They're, the main guy, really not that likeable she is deeply flawed. She's annoying, but she's a good person. It's just, everything feels so viscerally real. And then they are so intrinsically linked. And by yeah. the end, you are just with them. And very clever filmmaking all yeah. the way through. And then it brings the heart right at the end, where oh, she's clutching yeah, yeah. ba- her baby sister. Fucking hell. And what a feat. Like when you told me the budget, you just say watch this film was like okay and uh, and uh oh, that last that last 10 minutes is um if no if no hollywood executive is watching that covid or no covid then they're fucking idiots because you're yeah. talking about a master here like he can, can really do guy. everything
0: it you can do,
1: a great. Can do, I can do great dialogue, like Tarantino, and I wrote it too, motherfucker. Yeah, and I can do and great changes.
0: And produced it. And done everything. So he and produced it. Different names and all to like sort of get around union rules. <sighs> he had, done everything. On Amazing. The yeah,
1: and then uh, you know, direct, produce, write, tension, and uh, and also the effects. Yeah. Like, I was looking at it going. How did he do?
0: They you do that for the money spent? Like yeah. it looks really good. does that know? film? Maybe that film Monsters? Was that a few years ago? The one um, uh, Gareth Edwards, yeah, yeah. Obviously well, Gareth went onto a lot of. He's done a lot. He's he done, he done a few things since then, hasn't he? Um, Gareth Edwards, I'm sure he's been relatively busy as a filmmaker. He he, he, he did he, didn't, he, didn't did he do Godzilla? Did he do
1: Godzilla?
0: I think Godzilla. Yeah. I'm sure he's done. I'm, I'm now checking Gareth Edwards' biography. Rogue no, one does done Godzilla he's done, he's done the most recent not the Godzilla versus King of the Wands he's still done um, yeah no. so that's, that's what this guy deserves he's got I agree I really enjoyed but that but also it, it, isn't
1: it a bit like again separate podcast
0: don't give them too much they don't no, need it. no no I'm not saying give them like 150 million bucks but no, do saying, you know what I mean like just 50, say maybe, here's maybe 50 million him. make oh. whatever you want to make you <laughs> know let him,
1: go let him go to Bloomhouse,
0: and Bloomhouse says yeah
1: just say Jason's um, Jason's on the phone he says do whatever the fuck you want he's 20 quid cash in hand well, <laughs> <Yeah. well, laughs>
0: Bloomhouse has now got access to the, all of the Universal Monsters um, right now. so if that guy gets told like, right, you can do like, say like, a remake of The thing of Another World you
1: you, know? you've summed it up there Like, it's a proper showcase that film yeah there there was, there was...
0: just watch it as a film it's so
1: what's the what's the Gene Hackman Coppola film Conversation got that kind of dialogue heavy element less is more it's that DIY filmmaker for
0: the first hour and it's not waiting for Uh, you to it's not waiting for you to understand it it's actually you've got to learn how to watch the film it's like you catch up I don't give a fuck yeah Yeah. you don't get it yeah
1: like I said to you I was like Glacial and I watched it I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it again yeah. the next couple of days because I was so bowled over with it when I rewatched the last 40 minutes. It would be higher on my list, I think. I if think you get a chance to, in a couple I of like, days I'll
0: rewatch and it'll be higher. I saw it and I liked it and the reason why Matt was on my list is because I watched it maybe about four months ago but it's, it's not a week has gone past since then that I haven't thought about it. You haven't thought about it? Yeah, and that, I think, it, that, if it, that means if it, a lot. If it lingers. It yeah. lingers long in the head. Um, yeah man that is us for 2020 2020 review uh, I enjoyed that it was fun we dis- we discussed pretty much every I'm sure the listeners
1: well as well how long have we been going on fucking hell about 10
0: hours probably Build yes <laughs> um, we covered every single film we released in 2020 I think so we've, we've done good we did good mate we did good, we did good. Um, but yeah but, well, this week I've been Richard you've been been Stu and you've been listening to
3: and a movie.